Hara. Hey, screeners, how you doing? It's me, the one AJ Anthony Jordan. I was even getting ready to give you guys the what are the top ten movies of 2023. But, nah, uh, we went for the intro first. It's all good. It's all good. Hope everyone's good. Oh, I love the way that number just spiked. It looked like a zero. Then boom, seeing all the viewers that are in there, guys. Nice. We appreciate the love. We, we appreciate the love of you guys. Just um. Being in the house, in the, his house with the silver screen dudes once again. So very, very much appreciated. Yes, very much appreciated. So yes, he's AJ, the one AJ Anthony Jordan. I am Nico Luro, and this is our last top ten live show of 2023. And we're gonna talk some awesome movies now on this episode. Uh before we do though, as always, if you are new to uh the channel, if you are new to the live stream, if this is your first live stream with us, please do uh hit the like hit, uh, hit the like button and do uh, tap that subscribe button if you haven't done so already so you can stay up to date with whenever we release new content. Who is in the chat? Francis Lalonde is here long time no see Francis. Happy holidays Nico and AJ and to you Thank Francis. You, and Francis you. goes on to say gave myself a Christmas present Emma Peel Avengers collection now watching season 4's The Cybernauts. You enjoy that. And hoping Godzilla Minus One comes up in discussion and hope to hear everyone's take on The Boy and the Heron. So The Boy and the Heron, unfortunately, is not out in the UK until next year, Francis. Writer Strikes, he got pushed back. And Godzilla Minus One I saw? It didn't rock my world, I'm afraid. I, I don't get the hype. I think I think it's a bit Nippon fetish, to be honest. I, I, I don't understand why everyone's going, oh my god, Greta's Godzilla ever. It's really not. It's fine. But that's just my two cents on it. It's it's big monster arrives, melt city, leaves, big monster returns, loses fight, the end. It's like, well, I've seen this since the 1960s a few times. Like <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> now there's a very interesting story with with the central protagonist having some PTSD from being a failed kamikaze pilot. How do you fail as being a kamikaze pilot? Well, you don't commit the act. So he's having to deal with that guilt amongst the Japanese well, uh, war pride. And that's actually quite interesting how he handles being in a post-World War II Japan. But everything with Godzilla, I was like, meh. So meh. Like, so meh. Marcus Van Grover says, do you think a Robin Williams biopic could work? <laughs> sure, but God, you have to tread carefully on who you get to play him. Like, Legit, who plays Robin Williams if you're going to go down the biopic route? Thoughts? Um, I, I believe it could work. Yeah, the, uh, the to be able to deliver the, the comedic style that he has and the facial expressions is going to be one to to really be something. But it's a story to be told, no less. Um, there, there, there's a beautiful story to be told there, a tragic story, at part, yeah. <laughs> a tragic ending to a beautiful story even. Um, the, the battles that Robin had run through, I think, are definitely something to be discussed and to show that behind the smile was pain. But it is to show that person who can also show that balance of to be able to deliver that. I'm not saying there aren't actors who can do it, but it's 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 to be able to embrace the vision, visually see that person and embrace Robin Williams with that person portraying it is the difficulty behind it. Because th just that small bit could really take you out of a movie. If you you can only see the actor playing it, you know. Yeah. Um, let's take Will Smith as Ali. You know, if if it you don't become Ali, and I'm still seeing Will Smith, it, it, it I, I'm I'm seeing the story, but I'm not, and that could also be a problem on the Robin Williams story. 
if I can't see Robin Williams in his story. Remy mm-hmm. Malik, on the other hand, I think done really good to give me um, Freddie Mercury. It it worked, you know. So there are two sides to it. Yeah, yeah. In short, yeah. <laughs> Nothing thread. Who else is in the chat? Andy Hart is here. Hello, Andy. Great to see you, my man. Uh, Gavin is here, of course. Good evening, all, and good evening to India Inquiry's most popular podcast. Looking forward to this year as ever. Missed out on Katie Kamalada. Knights. I don't know what. Why am I blanking? Acronyms. Can't do it. KOTFW and Napoleon this year, but still to see Priscilla before the year's out. Uh, KOTFW. I'm Why does that not make sense to me, Gavin? Please help what, me out. What's the that. new um, What's the new Hunger Games called? Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah, no, it's not that. Uh, Dan the Tech's in the house. Hello, Dan. Uh, Andy Hart, as I said, is here. Enjoyed Godzilla. Riri's here. Hi, Riri. Good evening. Glad you're back on the live. Hope you're doing well. My top five were easy, but my top ten to six was more difficult to rank, which is different from usual. Merry Christmas, one and all. Billy Mount is here. Great to see you, Billy. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, no, you're not late, Billy. You're fine. Mixed memorabilia is here. Hello, hey. congratulations. Well, we've got you there, mixed memorabilia. Just I can't remember if we said it or there was a message before it. Congrats. You see, yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how are the sleepless nights treating you? Um, hi guys, wishing everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Haven't watched as many films in 2023 as I wanted to, but enjoyed a few. I'm a fan of Mahershala Ali and Leave the World Behind. Haven't seen that one, me too. Um, Marcus Van Grover says Shrek 2 is turning 20 next year. Well, speaking of turning 20 next year, um, I don't know if uh, you all have been realizing that we've had, we've kind of rebranded our Throwback Thursday videos, and my God, they've been doing well. So a few weeks ago, when they were still like, classic movie review, Throwback Thursday, Kill Bill and Nightmare and Nightmare Before Christmas, it wasn't doing well. We were getting just like a few hundred views on them. Um, now we're getting a few thousand which is really nice because we've kind of rebranded the Throwback Thursday to just how good or bad was X movie. So that's kind of the title. And we've been pumping the channel with more of those and it's really worked quite nicely. So Silver Screen Dudes apparently will become a dad channel to keep old movies alive. And by old, we mean 10, <laughs> 20, and 30 years old. AJ, we have found our niche. <laughs> old dudes talking old movies. What's it happening? Old dudes talking Go old movies, out. man. If you can believe it, the last samurai turned twenty this month. Freaking... So, do you want to do you want to know a headline that I've I saw just as I got off the bus heading into my flat today? Oh. Melissa Joan Hart, her who is Clarissa explains it all. Her of Sabrina, the teenage witch. Do you know the next oh. film she's going to be casting or Tell TV me. show? For the first time, Melissa Joan Hart is going to be cast as a grandmother. I yeah. nearly spat water at my screen there. What now? Yeah. Yeah. She's, I think, 40, 40, 43, 40 something. But yeah, she's going to be the next thing we see her in, she's going to be cast as a grandmother. I, I was, I was like, no, no, what are we, what are we doing here? That's madness, bro. Yeah. Sabrina is a granny. That's actually insane. Um, yeah. Cool. So we seem to have a nice little core audience tonight. As I said, please, guys, do. We are posting videos pretty much daily at the moment, and a lot of them now are revolving around reviews and classic reviews, which I know a lot of you seem to like. So 
check them out. We're doing it very regularly, almost daily. We do on the other days we get the movie news out. Um, we will be doing a news show after we wrap here, which will air tomorrow. Uh, and we will be talking about Jonathan Majors, I can assure you. Woo! <laughs> That's not going to be messy at all. But for now, AJ, shall we talk some movies? Yes, yes, let's do that. But Frank Torres is in the house. Hey, it's nice to see the, it's nice to see the, fa the familiar. And Frank, thank you for the, the ministry yes. interaction as well. Really, really appreciating that. So that's that's all good. But guys, I'm on a live, honey. What do you want? <laughs> Can I name a woman? You. <laughs> what? I was just being love tested by my wife. I apologize. Oh, okay. Okay. That was interesting. She literally walked in and went, can you name a woman? And I looked at her and went, you. And she went, okay, that's the correct answer. I'll explain later. No idea. <laughs> I just say you passed the test. I fully, so. <laughs> I fully failed. I was just like, I was going to say Meryl. And Meryl's not a name that comes up, but maybe because we're in film, film mode, I was like, Meryl Streep, possibly the greatest female actress. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not I, that's just the way I went. Um, yeah, yeah, Billy Mounds literally that. Mrs. Luro. That's literally it. <laughs> 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 like, what the RJ Skarenki is in the house. Hello, RJ. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart, one of my 90s crushes. Yes, yes, I would agree with that. Okay, yeah. we've got a nice little gathering of. The family's oh, back in the house. Right. I feel like Vin Diesel right now. In town. This is I nice. feel like Vin Diesel. We brought the family back. You know? this, is, this is a nice way to round off 2023. Thank you all for joining us. I really, really appreciate that. Now should we talk some movies? Yes, <laughs> but before, aside from the family who's with us right now, let's, let's, let's just bring it back for anyone who might be watching for the first time, or they're not watching live, they're watching a replay. Would you like to tell them what the movie Mount Rushmore is all about? Hold on to your butts. Yes, basically, it's a top 10 show between two best friends from school of how long now? 20, 30, 30, long, <laughs> like long time. Um, here's how the show actually works. We get assigned a topic. We go our separate ways, compile, compile our individual top 10 lists, and we come right back here today into a live stream and deliver to you, the Silver Screen Dudes, our individual top 10s. This week... AJ will go first delivering his bottom three. I will then deliver my bottom three. AJ will deliver his next two. I will deliver my next two. And then when we get to our top fives, we will trade one apiece. If at any time, while well, we are rounding off our individual top ten lists, one person has a movie in a higher position, that person will say, punt. And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the higher position. And once we have both rounded off our individual top ten lists, we will compile in the voice of the dearly departed Matthew Perry playing Chandler Bing, the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse must-see movies of the genre. We are doing it this week, which this week is... Top 10 Movies of 2023. Now, guys, what happens then? We, the Silver Screen Dudes, have the challenge of making the movie Mount Rushmore taking 10, possibly 20 films, down to four. But now it's for that laser focus. It's the time for you guys to count El Capitan, El Numero Uno, the best of the best of the best, sir, with honours and in the word of Highlander, in the end. Careful, Andy's here. I know, don't do it because I was as confident but hesitant. In the words of Highlander, in the end, there can be only one Andy. Throw the correction up if I'm wrong, and I do apologise if I was, but I think I'm right. Now, how do you do that? You head on over to X. Um, yeah, and go to Movie MT Rushmore, the official X page of the Silver Screen Dudes, or more importantly, the 
at Movie Polls for You, the official X page of We Love Movies, funded by good old JT. And that's where you'll get to crown our winner. Um, and well, vote to cast the winner. And last week, our topic was. Uh, well, we didn't do it last week, remember? Oh, the week before, no? Uh, we covered that last week. So we're, we're, we're stuck in the time metaverse, remember, AJ? Oh, yeah. So the show you're going to be seeing next week. <laughs> yeah. Next week's topic recorded was... last week. So yeah. as a result of a time loop, we don't have a Rushmore to go over this week. Oh. I thought you said, Wes, you have one. Oh. Mm. Well, tune no, no, in no. next week. As, as in, we're going to do one. Oh, because right. remember, okay. when we did anticipate it, we didn't actually do one. Because it was like, how do we do it? Yes, 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 yes. So, oh, and to answer Clever Man's question, yes, it is a sword. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Which one is that? Hattori Hanso Oren Ishii. You son of a gun. Um, I must admit, actual movie prop. I'm what you mean from the film or just yep. you. This is Oreni Shii's katana. Even has her little mark right there. Oi, 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 stop. If you want this to be a one-man show, keep... Bla- keep, keep. <laughs> How dare. How dare he do this to me. I know. My man loves Kill Bill, huh? <laughs> I'm happy for you. I'm happy. <laughs> Billy Matt, you got something to ask me and AJ. Fire away and we'll try to catch up to it. It's a very good prop, Francis. Yes. Um, <laughs> Francis made a very nice comment here. Okay, gang, can't, time to make sure the penis doesn't get you. Roll out. <laughs> okay. Um, so are we doing the topic? Or are we waiting for Billy's question? Which way are we going on this? Um, I mean, five, five, the topic. Yes, go, go, go. Yeah, talk, next topic. week's topic was, or will be, the next next week's topic will be the top ten most anticipated movies of twenty twenty four, for which we don't actually have a Rushmore. Oh right, what are you not following, bro? Because I thought you said we had one from the previous. No, no. Yeah, but sorry, we yeah, are okay. doing it. As in today, we will do a Rushmore because last week, which actually airs next week, we didn't actually do it. I'm on board. I'm on board. This is the problem with multiverse people. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't multiverse. This is just time travel. Like, we literally said, Marty, we're going back, and we forgot what we left in the future. That's the sports almanac right there. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Right. We will wait for the question to come in. But in that time, I'm going to upload a picture, which is going to be my number 10. And, um... Ooh. Yeah, uh, uh, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, because no, I, I had it, but yeah, it should it should work. If it, apologies if you don't get the normal traditional box in at number ten for yeah. myself. And what it is, guys, don't think this is it, what I'm doing is the most popular films of 2023 that have made my list are at the bottom. So I've got love for them, but they're at the bottom, and it's more of a have you seen films that I appreciated later on in the list. So in at number ten for me is the Super Mario Brothers movie. I am so happy you have put this on. I can't tell you. This was on my top 10 list so far into the year. And then I had to take it off just because there were so many good movies this year. I, I look, I mean, there's two sides of it. Am I going to be talking comic book, um, comic book movies? Naturally, it's AJ. He had to gift you that, guys. But um, will I be talking vid, uh, video games? Yes, I'm going to bring up one other video game later on. But this was a absolute shocker because i've heard everyone talk about it 
But there was here's the thing with Mario. In the build-up, we heard Chris Pratt is going to be playing Mario. And everyone is like, he sounds like Chris Pratt. He doesn't sound like Mario. They address that. They address all the issues that you may have. They've taken the world of Mario and built it into something that even as a person who's I'm aware of Mario, but to say I've played Mario has been from the Super Nintendo world. You know, you know, I'm not even touched on the 64. I was like, you guys have honored. You have you have made the Mario universe. You, you're bringing in Mario Kart. You're bringing in this. You're bringing in the costumes. You're showing all the elements. It, it, it just felt right. The, the way the villains are presented, the way Peach is presented, like everything. You're just like, this was well thought out. I, I, I like the thought process behind it. And I had to just give it its credit. I was like, yeah. Yeah, you've well yeah. thought out. Understatement of the century. <laughs> yeah, every single. I mean, I've seen this movie three or four times now, and I, I, I just for the hell of it, on the fourth run, I played the Easter egg game. You could freeze frame nearly every single scene in this movie, and there's something they've put in the background or in a corner. Or like that they faded in, in or out somewhere, and it's like a little tip of the hat for hardcore Mario fans. Things that literally add nothing to the movie that took digital animators time to put in that didn't even add anything to the scene, but it was just like if you see it, it'll make you happy. Bro, they had the old one up, like you know, the, the pixelated one up in one of the toad shops. They had the they had the hammer, like. The fact that when Donkey Kong arrives, they played the DK rap from Donkey Kong 64, I was like, behave. Mate, I was bopping along in the cinema. DK, Donkey Kong. Like, bro, people were looking at me like, this guy's a freak. I'm like, nah, man, I'm having such a good time here. I can't tell you. If you love Mario and everything that surrounds it, it's not possible to not love this movie. It's just not. it you I couldn't as I said I, I Super Nintendo I've just not been in the Nintendo world that much and when I did get a sixty four it was a, it was purely No Mercy and Golden Knight like I've not brought any other game to it I've not been in that Mario world but I was able to still sit back and have a good grin I was like you guys know what you're doing I, I think the, I, I'm not gonna lie I remember talking one time and you're like oh watch the movie and get back to me I was talking about oh. You know, maybe we'll get a Mario Kart movie next. The fact that they threw Mario Kart in there, and it's not a spoiler for everyone. It's like, you guys know what you're doing here. Like, I'm loving this. Like, I was, I was just having a they, 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 they took Mario Kart and they put it on Rainbow Road. I'm like, yes. are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Rainbow Road is in this. Like, I just, it was literally just smiling, going, I like what you did there. Hey, you done that? Hey, hey! Like literally, that's all I was doing. Like it, it, it was a warming movie in that degree. So I, I was all over it. I was all over it. Uh, the question Billy Mount had was: I know you don't like Get Out, but what did you think of Alison Williams and that and other stuff outside of Get Out, bro? It has been too long since I've seen Get Out to be able to quote on a performance, and it, it was a one-time thing, and it did not resonate with me. I, I, on the top of my head, I can't really even think who Alison Williams is, so I'm gonna apologize for that but um put it this way billy keep tuning in and if alison williams pops up in my filmography in the next in 2024 you'll you'll be the first to know <laughs> I, that I, it sounds bad what do you mean you don't like seth rogan as donkey kong or anything why did you think he's done well seth rogan's that, good last... i love seth rogan what was that last statement and i don't like anything seth rogan's in so here's the thing 
I've been a Seth Rogen person where I've like I don't find him as funny as they put him out to be. Seth Rogen on a serious tip, I'm down for. I really like Seth Rogen when he goes on another angle. Um, maybe try that out, Billy, because like again, like because uh, of Superbad, I was more Jonah Hill and everybody else. This is the end was not for me. I couldn't wait for the end. In fact, I gave up before the end. Um, like. There are certain bits I just didn't find him that funny. I've I've not even finished Pam and Tommy, but his performance in, in it. Oh, it's like, so good, AJ. I like this. Um, yeah, there's a film he's in. That I'm going to be bringing up, but every like on a serious tip, Seth does good. I like Seth That's on a good. serious. I love Seth. It's like usually Seth being in a movie is is reason for me to watch a bay. We're all different. We all like different he's, things. He, correct me if I'm wrong. He's in the Disaster Arts as well, isn't he? Yes, he is. You know, play the director. I think he's amazing in that. I think he does. He really plays, he's in the Disaster Artist. He's in Steve Jobs. He's in a movie. I'm sure we're both going to talk about later that came out this year, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seth's good, man. Pam and Tommy. I thought he was really good. And there you go. Pam and Tommy is great, as Frank says. There you go. Um, and what do we think of the '93 Mario movie? I'm a defender of that film. Look, we can all have classic fun. I just remember being a kid and asking questions that I should have been asking in, in like where this one has fan service and it's still a good film. There was too many questions answered of why things were wrong in the other one. I don't understand why the Goombas were taller than Mario when even <laughs> mini Mario. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Even mini Mario. It, make sense. it, was, it was a bad movie, but I've got a soft spot for it. Yeah, no, I get it. Like, there was fun in it. Like, I came out of the cinema still smiling, but too many questions, which meant you... It goes back to what we said in one of our... I believe it's last week's show or something else, where we were like, you would take... A, yeah, last week's news, we were talking with Mustache Mark, where it was... <laughs> you take, a, you take a, a franchise or a video game and you don't acknowledge the story, you just take the franchise... No, trying to get people's bums on seats, which it does, but then you don't honour the story and then you lose the said, same said people. And I kind of felt Mario was in that territory. Francis Lalonde? Get out. <laughs> get out. Oh, really? No. Uh, what is your number nine, AJ? In at number nine for me. Da, 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 da. Right. It wouldn't be AJ if he didn't bring in a comic book movie. And this one I remember really enjoying. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now, is this there were many. Comic book movie? Yes. Because I knew you had the other ah, one. Honestly. Okay. Because I knew you had the other one. But I also remember, don't get me wrong, there are others. We're going to have I'm... to edit that F out, by the way. We're not going to be able to. Sorry. I didn't play. I did. Oh, yours. <laughs> Me shocked that Nico has sworn. Me having to edit Nico swearing one week. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so here's the thing. There's one that you've picked, and then there's one that I'm sure both of us would have put in if there was a top 20, and that would be the Marvels. Um, I'm guessing that didn't make your list because there, there were bigger and better films out there. Marvels didn't make it, but I had a good time with it. I really so this did. is the thing. Like In terms of comic book movies, how many do you have, by the way? Uh, I want to say one uh, off the top of my head. It's just the one. Is 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 the day them in there as well? The day them star. No, right. The Flash for all its sins. I I, I enjoyed the Flash, but I hated the Flash because I felt like a hypocrite for being in there. 
um, <laughs> for being in the cinema room. I, I really for that one. <laughs> the they them were going to get bloody cancelled for that one. What? The they them star. That, I don't want to even mention the person's name. Like, that's not, <laughs> no, I know, that's not... I know. If I said someone's going to be offended by that, you have the superhero film with the 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 actor in there you would well, be i'm on your side here i am on well, your side here someone's gonna get their pants in the day without acknowledging their name for all the sins they've committed excuse me right fair, anyway fair. now that i've said it without spoiling what comes up the flash was a decent movie despite my disdain for the lead actor um the marvels was actually better for like it you it felt better than a lot of stuff marvels have put out despite another marvel movie that came out this year which was very good Across the Spider-Verse, here's the thing. Well, a lot of people love Into the Spider-Verse. I was into Into the Spider-Verse. I wasn't mad for it. I remember watching this. I heard it. And really, I, listen, I feel like I'm on an island on that. But because everyone's like, it's amazing, the animation. Da, da, da. I, the more I watched and encapsulated it, like took on this film, I was like, this is good. And by the time we're getting near the end, and I'm not going to put a spoiler for those who may not have seen it, I was like, I'm enjoying this. Now, I know for you, it was a bit of a Veers moment. You predicted it coming from early. Because so I much. heard it, because I heard so it, I knew it was coming, but I still liked the twist. And I was like, the way they handled stuff, the, the different Spider-Men I've seen across there, the the, the PlayStation video game Spider-Man, the yeah. acknowledgement of Andrew Garfield, you know, and these are spoilers. The only thing that hurt me, I didn't see my 90s Spider-Man in there. But yeah. everything, I was like, I really like the way they're handling this. Like, I get it. Multiverse can be a pain in the rear as well. But it had a few curves. Like, even though you saw one bit when it got to, like, how that curve came, I was like, I didn't think of that. So, like, I I had a good time with it. My, look, my, I, I liked Across the Spider-Verse. I didn't love Across the Spider-Verse. I thought there was something that a lot of movies were kind of guilty of this year. Lack of restraint. There was too much movie here. Um, the animation is stunning, um, but frankly, I'm going to echo mixed memorabilia's words here. The nicest animation I saw this year was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. That movie was awesome. If I had to put an animation in there, would, this year would have probably been that one. I adored that movie. Across the Spider-Verse was good. Just didn't love it. For my sins, I forgot about that Turtles movie. I know you had oh, great reviews about it and I missed it in the cinema. I didn't have, I forgot to try and catch up with that one. So thank you for the reminder on that mixed memorabilia. I'm going to try and find it. So that. good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's excellent, dude. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And uh, Billy Mount says, Nico, what did you think of the Donald Glover cameo in it? It was great fun. <laughs> I heard she saw that with Louis and it grabbed him. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, that, that uh, Andy Hart says, good call, AJ. Uh, my only top 10 comic movie this year. And that's fair. I get it. I get Thank it. Thank you, Andy. Right. Again, I want everyone to remember that the next film that comes up is due to popularity. And I'm going for the lesser seen movies in, in order. Okay. In at number eight, I do anticipate the word punt because, yeah, it's a freaking awesome movie. And I've also mentioned it before in a previous um mm. I think it was movies set in one location. My number eight is Brendan Fraser, The Whale. That's a pun. I had I un understood, like fully understood. It's just because of my ranking. I'm going for lesser seen movies. More of a yep. 
Cinephile. Um, a, a disclaimer for anyone watching this in the States. As a UK podcast, we have obviously got to go with whatever's released in the UK here. Um, so things like The Whale, which were released in the States in December 2022, I believe. They didn't come out until January here, so they fall under our category. January. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Didn't get a long release, but whew, good movie. Oh, we'll talk about it later. My number 10, I'm so happy I got to see this, AJ. Um, made me cry. The Great Escaper. This movie was... I did love this one. Oh, it's so wonderful. It is such a a, a kind of a culmination tour de force from two brilliant actors in, in um, Michael Caine and Glenda Jackson. Glenda Jackson's final role, she passed away um, just as just before this movie released. And Michael Caine retired after this. This, this is the last time you're going to see him. And it is such a beautiful, triumphant farewell. It's, it's not... It's not overly sentimental, yet it has lots of emotion. It's not melodramatic, yet it's full of emotional drama. It it, it works so well. It's, it's like a finely balanced sword. It just, for such a small, concise story, it had so much to say about the wider world. And I loved it. Michael Caine just exudes ineffable class and glenda jackson is a timeless icon i am dude it got me hard this movie i don't know if you saw my out of cinema reaction to it i was still like no we I missed no it really hit me hard this movie I, I walked out the cinema still like you know frog in the throat and got teary at the end it really really hit me hard um yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant movie i've um, just added it to, i literally just added it to the list yeah what a film um yeah exactly billy mount saying the veteran actors were enjoying their retirement <laughs> and gavin man says look at you aj with your cinephile declaration with a smiley face <laughs> <laughs> i done it i done, I done it to make you stay gavin don't worry i still don't want you to pass myself as well i went for the obscure movies this this year I'd, I'd make it a bit different you know yeah. yeah we'll see how obscure you get haven't seen great escaper have you no i'm gonna hit uh, you back there's a few i anticipate we're about to say the words punt um superb movie missed it in the cinema but caught it on amazon prime uh matt damon in the story of michael jordan yes yeah we're gonna go for a punt on that one please yeah okay my number eight a movie i really wanted to like more now let me bring it up first and then i'll go into my diatribe about it uh dicaprio and de niro in killers of the flower moon now I wanted to love hmm. it. I yeah, I wanted to I love it. I thought, I, Jesus, I need to add that to my list. There's so many films. Missed hmm. it, Cinephile. So many um, films this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's a finger that was waiting for you, but I, I can't blur, so we'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when I first walked out of this movie, 
I think what it what, what it's very important when you're when you're putting a list together that you've literally been making since the first day of the year. I believe it's very important to pick the movies that when you come to the point now of rounding off your top 10 movies of the year and reflecting on the year, what has to make be high up on your list are the movies that not only gave you a good impression when you walked out, but they really stayed with you afterwards. Now, Killers of the Flower Moon, when I walked out of it, I was like, yeah, that was damn good. But it hasn't stayed with me. The, the, you know, it hasn't stayed with me like a casino, a Goodfellas, a Wolf of Wall Street. Um, it's, listen, don't be under any illusion. The performances in this are out of this world. If DiCaprio is not nominated for Best Actor and De Niro is not nominated for either Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor, there's daylight robbery afoot. Um, it's incredible. Lily Gladstone equal deserves a Best Actor nomination. Like, it's one of those movies you're watching, you need a shower afterwards. Like, it's a really horrible, dirty story about what, you know, what greed does to people. And, you know, it's about one of the first federal... They, they tie it in very nicely at the end, actually. Kind of Jesse Plemons arrives on the scene. He's playing an FBI agent sent directly by J. Edgar Hoover. And it's kind of one of the first... It might be the first federal case, actually. It's really interesting um, what happens at the end, how the FBI get involved and how it the narrative takes on a much wider historical sphere. Um, it's... A hard story to watch because it's essentially about the systemic killing of the Assage nation at the hands of the evil white boy. Um, not this white boy, just white people in general. Um, but yeah. Good to watch it, do you know what it felt like? It felt like something that should have been a limited series because even though it had an over three hour runtime, I feel like it needed more. Not because of the enjoyment, but because the way the movie was designed, I was like, if you had told me, if you told me at some point in time, this movie was a six part limited series with each episode being an hour, I would have been like, I totally believe that. Completely believe that. It feels like a series that's been turned into a movie. It doesn't speak ill of its quality. I'm just reflecting on the actual runtime. The quality of the movie is know, stellar. Um Mid Scorsese, I would say, not top five. Mid, mid Scorsese. Better than the Irishman in Silence for sure. Okay. Funny, someone was telling me some good stuff about Silence this this year. Mm, weird to hear the, the the other side of the coin. Uh, okay, it, it feels like something worth watching though. Oh look, look, look! Andy Hart saying it right here. Killers of the Flower Moon would have been better as a five or six hour TV show. It still makes my top ten, though. Look at that. <laughs> nice. There you go. And Francis, you're absolutely oh. right. Um, possibly the enticement of Scorsese might have raised expectation. But, but without doubt, you put the name Nolan or Scorsese on a movie, the expectation's there, for, for me at least. It, it has to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. I wish I could I, add. I feel like it's something I need to add to my list. I actually 2023 was a good year for films. I just need to say that now because there's a lot of stuff that I feel was just missed. Like I do I just didn't have the time. I didn't have the time. And I completely forgot that it was this year, otherwise I would have tried to squeeze it in. Yeah. 
Uh, two things I want to address here. Gavin Mann says, I find it peculiar. Uh, I found it peculiar that people complained about the length of Killers of the Flower Moon before watching. Fact. See also Napoleon in historical inaccuracies to people are strange. So here's my thing about Napoleon. What I've heard, because remember, Napoleon's also a long ass film. But what I said about it was that it, despite having a long, wrong time, I mentioned this in the review, it feels rushed. Like every scene feels rushed. Okay, we've dealt with Josephine, tick. We've done Ostalis, tick. We've done Toulon, tick. We've done him be, uh, coming, to, coming to the throne, tick. We've done him invading Russia, tick. It felt like a box ticking exercise. So you were rushing through this guy's entire life. And it's a fast, he's a fascinating man, obviously. And he didn't have time to breathe. Each scene, I was just like, bro, will you slow down and let me just breathe in the atmosphere here, please? And as it turns out, Ridley Scott is planning on releasing a director's cut with an extra hour, 10 minutes to it. Now, people are like, Jesus, that's going to make it a four-hour movie. It's like, yet yeah, long, but God, do I think that hour is going to make a difference. Like, genuinely, Napoleon telling me it's going to have an extra hour to it? I'm like, yes, please make each scene longer so it has space to breathe and i bet you anything the director's cut of napoleon will actually be good um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and billy mount says did it bomb hard and isn't this the funny thing everyone's talking about how the marvels flopped no one is mentioning how killers of the flower moon was an absolute box office disaster like the this, biggest flop of the year. This may be a bit of a spoiler for Silver Screen News, but while we're talking box office flops, um, Chalamet, is he on your list? Chalamet's not there now. Right. Wonka's done all right. It made 39 How billion. Wonka? 39 billion. Wonka did Wonka. Fine. Yeah. Okay. No, because the screen right. I went to and the screen a friend went to were both pretty empty seats. And I was just, I'm, I'm, no, I'm happy Wonka's to hear it didn't. Good, but, Wonka, but Wonka for a first weekend Christmas release, Wonka's done fine. That's fine. That's good. We, we just happened to be at awkward timing of things. All good. Uh, and Billy, you're right. But it bombed because of the right. strike. That's part of it. Sure. For sure. Um, the actors not being able to go out and promote it. The studio is not putting money behind it because the actors couldn't promote it. Sure, it was a factor. The runtime was a factor. Loads of factors. Factors aside, that movie was the biggest flop of the year. Still a great movie. AJ, your number seven. My number seven. Right. Is it better than the well? No, but is it a good movie? Yes. Did I have great fun with it? Oh, hell yeah. Um Comedy. We are entering the world of comedy. Something I feel that we don't see enough of in the later years. The 2020s don't have them. Um, but this was good fun. And this is why I wanted to, to bring it in. Has that loaded for you? Because it hasn't for me. It has. Okay, wait. Oh, there we go. Joyride. Um, right, so my, my, my button... My, my button seems to be just a bit... Well, my screen seems to be a bit slow. So I'm trusting I'm back on screen, right? You are, and this movie is superb. Yeah. I had so much fun with this film, it was unreal. Um, we're talking about a, a young girl who's been adopted, and she's not adopted by parents of the same um, racial background, let's put it that way. And it's, it's it deals with identity crisis, it deals with 
acceptance, how you fit in based on from an adoption point of view, you know, trying to follow what, what trying to discover one's roots and embracing. This was one of the better comedies I've seen in a very long time. And I'm really glad to see that it had an all-female Asian cast to it as well, you know, to, to, at, the, at the forefront. It just felt so different. It felt so different, but it delivered the classic comedy that was needed. And I've, I've said it to people. I was like, people talking, did you not see this, you don't see that? I was like, Joyride delivers in so many angles oh, yeah. of stuff I didn't, I didn't think I could get. Like, don't get me wrong. I love, I love Girls Trip. On the con, like, however, one thing that people like to rave and sing about, and I've never understood it, is Bridesmaids. You know, they're like, this is the greatest female comedy of all times, and all of that. No, no, this you know, is... you've got your American Pies, you've got your road trips, you've got all of this that we go for. Joyride, I thought, was absolutely amazing and, and cannot be cannot be diminished. I, I as I, it, not only did it have the comedic side, it had it had thought provoking moments to it. I really believe that identity crisis and rediscovering one's culture, and even how she first discovers her culture with her little—I don't want to spoil it—but in the hotel room, and you're like, "Well, that's not exactly culture seeking," but I get where you're going with all of it. Just. From uh -huh. beginning to end, I just had nothing but a great laugh of it. Every I, 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 single I scene in this movie seemed to just take it up a level, take it up a level, take it up a level. From that, <laughs> from that scene where one girl's introducing her husband and perving on him, but oh, we've, we've never done it. We've, we're purely sensual experience. Was it sensual when you were being Eiffel Towers by the Jonas Brothers? I was like, excuse me, what did she just say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To the to, to that montage of sex scenes with ones in the gym, ones having a threesome in the bedroom, and then all getting injured while having sex. That was genius. The cocaine up the bottom in in, in the train was amazing. Oh, the, some, oh bro, bro, all of it. The was... airport scene. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I was peeing my pants, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The vajizzle tattoo is the best thing I have seen in the 21st century in a comedy. Nothing beats that. Yeah. This is yeah. the... I'm it, gonna, this all of it. Wrong all statement. Of it. Like, stand by it. This is the Go. best comedy I have seen since The Hangover. Oh, but I could work with... I mean, I'm, very, I'm still a, a, a girl's trip defender. But this is high. This is high ranking. This is high ranking. Like, I am not here to, to say that this film is bad. This film is awesome. Like, I had such a great time with it. And I feel like and, and I feel like it was missed. I feel like it slipped under the radar. It did. It did. But do you know what? Yeah. What was fascinating about it is that it found its core audience and it just showed how even with no marketing budget, I think it only released two trailers, a teaser and a trailer one word of mouth spread for this thing and it found because remember with the comedy you don't need to do gangbuster numbers to be profitable this movie yeah. ended up being profitable and it made me oh no so happy yeah it made money which made me so happy because all that tells me is that it's sending because remember the studios only listen to one thing and that's that right it sent the studio a very clear message give us more of this because this is gold this was gold, yeah. this movie. And who was it? This <laughs> Gavin Mann, Dead Eye stole the film. Yes. Dead Eye was amazing. <laughs> Dead Eye is gold.
Dead Eye. I don't know why that came up. Yeah, Dead Eye stole the movie. Absolutely stole the movie. Well done for putting this on. It was I'm on my top ten. Well, Bro, it was on my top ten for so long. Had to be bumped off. Cool. Your six. Okay. My six. This one I don't know if you've heard of because I stumbled across it, and I'm I'm trying to avoid promoting this world this word too much because you know <clears throat> we're in like the in case people didn't know we're in the seven K territory now, so we don't want to be negative in there. But this film was discovered on um, AJ Vision, and I don't know if you've heard of it. Pinball, what? the man who saved the game. Yeah, bro. I came. I was looking at one film, which we'll get into later on. And I stumbled across this. I was like, what's this? And when I looked at it, it was 2023. It had like an independent like release in 2022. But like in cinemas and on demand, it's come out in 2023. Do I recognize any of the actors? No. Is it got like a weird budget? Yeah. This is the story. Would you? Here's the thing. I'm going to ask a question because I had no clue this ever happened. Did you know that pinball was actually at one point a banned game? It was illegal in the States at one point. Didn't have a clue. Exactly. Exactly. And this shows you the story of a man who has loved pinball for the longest while. And I can't remember where he is, but I believe, yeah, he moves to New York and he's going through. It's so weird, but it's, it's based on a true story. This is all a true story. You can see he's walking down the street and he, he happens to be passing an adult shop and he hears this sound. And he's like, oh, I recognize that sound. And he, as he goes in, he sees a pinball machine. And he is literally addicted to this machine. And it's something he's done in college and he just loves it now that he's out. And, you know, he's he's left college, he's, he's got a career, but he's now all over this machine and he just loves it, what have you. And one day the police come to raid it, the the, the, the adult store. And they're like, what, for CD material? And they're like, no, they've come, to see, they've come here because of the pinball machine. And he's like, what? And apparently it turns out that some era before the, let's say the 1950s, 50s or something like that there was a period where the i think it was a mayor was trying to he, he, he threatened to bring down the mob he promised to bring down the mob and he got voted in and he couldn't and then he now because he couldn't do that he's now <laughs> sorry this is a comment all right mr cinephile with your obscure films that no one's heard of there we go that, i promised it that's what i'm here to do these are the films that may not have been seen as much um it's to be honest it's the lesser of the movies because i know the others people have probably seen and they are a bit better so this was a good film just not as good as the others i still have to rank in a good order but what happens is that so when the guy tried to like stop the mob and he couldn't this mayor has now swerved it to be like pinball machines are being run by the mob this is their way of extorting kids by gambling and stuff and it was like the weirdest thing and then he turns out and finds out that not only have they done this in new york but they've done it in chicago and now he's taken on the system to prove like pinball Jeez. is just a game and it's it's weird but it's an actual true story and i was like this can't be real it can't be real and believe it or not they used to when they dismantled the pinball machines they would take them to make their junctions they would take the legs of the pinball machines to build their new junctions it was like a full-on thing of like their mark of honor Really interesting film. This sounds great, <laughs> bro. It's nuts that it's like barely heard of, but I was like, yeah. Again, <clears throat> sources to be found are <clears throat> you may have to sell a couple of C's, but it's worth it. Like it's a good film. Ah, it sounds like a great movie. <laughs> That's the one. Okay, over to you. Uh, cool. That was your number six. So over to my number seven. Uh, oh God, I hope you've seen this and. Uh, 
I'm actually quite angry I've put it this low, but it, it just shows how good this year is. This is brilliant, though. Nick Offerman, Seth Rogen, Pete Davidson, Paul Dano. Dumb money. Yes, AJ. Yes. I'm very happy you've seen this. And my number six. The movie that I saw at the Chinese theater with Den the Tech and my buddy Francesco Camelli when I was in Los Angeles for WrestleMania. This film is incredible. John Wick, Chapter 4. I don't care what anyone says. It's an action movie. This film slaps hard. Considering I was not a big fan of John Wick 3. I know people rave about it. Oh, Halle Berry and the Dogs. Good scene. Not crazy about the movie. Disrespectful the way they use the guys from the raid in that movie. It's like, they come, they fight, they leave. It's like, give me more. This movie is kind of like the director, Chad Stajelski, was like, okay, I heard what you had to say about the way we use the guys in the raid. Could we make it up to you by introducing Hiroyuki Sanada and Donnie Yen? It's like, yes, yes, you could. Take my money, take it now. Take all the freaking money, take my cash. So, hmm. John Wick goes full samurai in this. And then they go to Paris in one of the most beautifully lit movies I think I've seen since Blade Runner 2049. And that madness that they had at the beginning of John Wick Chapter 2. The Carfu. The it was like, I thought that was 11. He was like, no, no, that was like a 3. Now let me dial it up to about 11. And the movie's a video game, bro. It's like someone has mastered playing Ghost of Tsushima on freaking expert mode and then does a story mode run through and is so freaking in tune and is just dicing everyone up. The things they do in this movie defy logic. And it's not like fast and furious logic where it's like, okay, no, but yes, because it's fun. Just like... Oh, geez, you kind of could do that. I just never thought of doing that. <laughs> the, <laughs> the physics of this makes sense to me, at least. It's mental. It, 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 it's, oh, bro, it's action perfection, this movie. Case in point, there is a... It must be about four or five minutes long. Like, it's long. It's a four or five minute long top-down shot continuous top-down action shot ripped straight from a video game of him going into various rooms, like the old Grand Theft Auto, you know, from the Game Boy, the GTA 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. Continuous for four or five minutes of him going, and I'm not exaggerating the time, him going room to room and hurting people. And it's like, what? <laughs> how have you... How? What? And it just gets better from there. This a movie. Like this is a freaking film. Unreal. One of the finest action films ever made. And I think actually it's safe to say now that John Wick might be the greatest action franchise ever. Might be. Four films consistent is not a bad. That's a strong contender. I don't. I can't think of many that have. I cannot think of many that have. Ah, uh, yeah, dude. 
the Predator franchise has that one movie which is obviously better than anything John Wick's done. Likewise, Terminator. True Lies remains the greatest action film yeah, of all time, in my humble opinion. With um, but like consistency in a franchise yeah. means a lot because Terminator has fallen off. Predator has fallen off. Like badly. Know. Although Prey was good. No, but I get it. But out of what five to six Predator movies, let's quote two to three. Not great. Do you know what I mean? To say that out of a franchise of six, kind of slap hard. You know what I mean? I'm saying to be able to hit each time, you can hit the matrix. It gets progressively worse. Terminator goes and falls off a cliff. Like it does happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can listen to that noise. Having only seen three of the four, I can listen to that, dude. It's, oh, it's so good. Action movie of the year, I think. Um, Frank Torres, love that you love the raid, brother. So good. Um, and Billy Mount, yes, I have heard that Chad Stahelski is doing the Highlander. Do you know who's playing Connor McLeod? Old Superman himself, Henry Cavill. Chad Stahelski is directing Superman and Highlander. Give me that now. Take my fucking <laughs> money now. <laughs> like That's a movie, if it's coming out next year, that should have been number one on my top. anticipated of 2024. But I don't know when the thing's coming out. Um, yeah, yeah, nice, nice, amazing movie. So that was my number six, and it was higher than that for a long time this year. All right, one apiece. What's your number five? Right, my number five. Um, this is a film that you recommended, and I was, I, I kind of was anticipating it, but missed, well, not missed it, but forgot about it because it didn't actually go in the cinema, it went straight to stream, which probably Apple, can right? win. And this is the platform that you said doesn't doesn't miss and i think you i based on this film i could kind of agree we're talking Taron yep. edgerton in tetris Superb. i thought this was a very good film um once again we talk about video games like tetris being the, the, the first game that <laughs> literally i'm gonna say something then realizing I'm, I'm i'm literally telling the story the first game that you get with your, your game boy like the to, to it, you would never ever believe that there is the complication. I mean, first of all, pinball, you wouldn't believe that there was a law that stopped pinball machines being a thing. Who would have ever believed a video game release would have had as much trouble as it did that you'd be able to make a film? Heck yeah, it does. And the twists and turns of it, literally based off of the remnants of the Cold War, essentially. It's not that there's anything else, but yeah, Russia's very protective and doesn't want the states and other places having access to their stuff. And if it is, the state has to win. Then we're talking licenses to the degree of not just licensing of the game, but the various sub-levels of licensing of the game. I was completely blown. The fact that you could be like, yes, you can have this as an arcade game. Yes, you can have this as a computer game. But as a handheld game, there was another license. Then it's who is trying to benefit who. And even though it's meant to be for mother russia <laughs> as they advertise it there were still some devious plots in there where people are trying to be self-serving yeah. my dizzies was i like what the hell i was blown away like again a simple game as tetris i, I even love the fact that and again tried to eliminate um spoilers i mean you can read up on it even how the name tetris came about the guy's two passions of two games that he kind of merged together and i was like this is this is mad 
And again, you don't want to get into spoilers, but something that I can casually say I took for granted. I've got a game box that, yeah. Yeah, this is a story. I yeah, it's amazing. Like I said, I was shocked, but I was shocked. I did not and I didn't that. know this story. Like I, I got the impression on our comic book group where Big Tone and Nate were very familiar with it, and they were like, Yeah, we've seen this story before. I was like, Well, I haven't. <laughs> and I'm I'd love this. It is really weird, right? And I think it's because and I don't want to knock it and say it's a simple game, but something as basic as this one, it's not one of these mad platform games where you could be like, Oh my god, it's the rights to GTA six and everyone wants to do it. It's just a game of create a straight line, it vanishes, and you continue. That's it. You know, but <laughs> it's got more history than GTA does. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. very yeah, amazing. Um, Absolutely amazing. And Gavin Man saying, uh, you know, Mario pinball Tetris with a wink. It's like, uh, let me add that. Do not be under any illusion. I think I said this on the recording we did last week, which is coming out next week for the confusion. Twenty twenty three is the year the video game movies came. To play, you're the fine. You said it in some three news. It's fine. They should have okay. last week. The ones that you <laughs> mentioned, Gavin, Super Mario made a billion. A freaking Mario movie made a billion dollars. A billion. That's insane for for a video game movie. Um, Tetris has been a critical success. Pinball sounds great, AJ. But then you've got to consider these other movies which either did really well with no budgets, like Five Nights at Freddy's, not a great movie, but was really successful, right? Do you know what? I don't think it was a bad movie. I just think you got stupid near the end. I, I would say it's worth a watch, but yeah, you're right. Then you've got to think of The Last of Us. Yes, it's a TV show. Is it in the discussion for the best TV show of the last 18 months, along with House of the Dragon? I think so, because that was incredible. Then you've also got to consider, dude, this had no business being good. Gran Turismo, it didn't make my top 10. That was a good movie. Was it predictable and formulaic? Because it's it's a true story about a guy who went from being a video gamer to a freaking pro racer. If you know the story, obviously it's predictable. The movie was good. So if they can keep doing this, considering that the ones we had before that were things like Uncharted, which were not so good. If they can but keep he finding... Sorry? He didn't have his moustache. He didn't have his moustache, but that's it. Watch yeah. the screen news and you'll understand that one. 2023 is the year that the industry, I think, finally understood that making a video game isn't just about taking the game and bringing it to screen. It's about crafting something special. So you tell the story of how Tetris was made. You tell the story of how this person became a pro driver playing a game which we're going to title the movie after. You take a story as beloved as Mario and you give fangasms for it. You take something like The Last of Us and you don't deviate from the story or reinvent it, but you add things to it to add character moments to it and make it even better. And it's like, okay, you might finally have, you know, opened Pandora's box here, Hollywood. And now you can have some fun. And we're going to talk. Uh, there's a movie adaptation coming from Hideo Kojima, AJ, which we're going to talk about in Silver Screen News later. So, oh, yes. Uh, not that one, sadly. You'd like it to be. It's not that. It's not Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> I was like, no, hold on. I'll be down, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not Metal Gear Solid, sadly. Um, but no, 
2023 is the gay is the year that video game movies arrives and i think that they it's that's going to be a huge thing now that they finally made five or six different ips in one year and they were all successful on some level this is true. This is mm-hmm. true. And they've also realized that there are different angles, you know, taking the Tetris <laughs> and the pinball angle, the Mario angle, you know, there are different angles at which you could approach it and still deliver Mario, where you create an IP and give the fangasms, as he said, the, the others where you just acknowledge the story in the game. There yep. is that, that's three different angles. You could attack something from. So yeah, I'm done. My number five, my comic okay. book movie this year. Who knew that a comic book movie could make me cry? God damn it, this one did. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. In a in a time where we have been inundated with absolute bloody mediocrity from Marvel. If you listen to our non-live shows, you've heard me say this before. People are not bored of comic book movies. People are bored of bad comic book movies. It's not all of a sudden they're still making great quality movies and people have just lost interest. No, it's just the movies aren't good. There's no connection. You know what? It it, it, it really ties in with Francis's question. AJ Nico. So are comic books slash superhero movies? No, no, they're not. You're going to see a massive resurgence of them in about 2025. 2024, I think, very cleverly, Marvel have said, we're giving you Deadpool 3. That's it. You're not seeing many Marvel movies next year. And do you know why that is, AJ? I've said this so Bob many times. Vote for Bob. You got it. Bob Chapek took creative control away from Kevin Feige after Endgame, and we got Phase 4. These two things are not mutually exclusive. It wasn't just magically the MCU became bad. It, it's not the case. It lost its mojo because the guy that gave it its mojo lost his creative control. Now that Bob Iger has come back and has said, yo, Kevin, take the reins again. It takes two to three years for transitions to be noticeable. I said it before Endgame happened. I said, you watch now that you you can back me on this, AJ, because you heard me saying it. The world, our comic book group, everyone poo-pooed me. When I said before Endgame came out, I said, Marvel's going to go into a bad period now. Whoa, 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 it's about to do gangbusters. It is, but you don't know the guy who they've put in charge. I do, because I follow this this ship very closely, because I'm a nerd that way. And lo and behold, look what happened. We've had a cluster bomb go off at Disney with bad reimaginings, Pixar going straight to streaming, Star Wars completely going off the rails, and the MCU going off the rails. In 2025, which I believe is when Superman Legacy comes out, you're going to see DC start to shoot, and you're going to see Marvel, who have now had that two to three year grace period, start to shoot again. People are not bored of comic book movies. People are bored of bad comic book movies. And in all of the bad comic book movies we've had in Phase 4, and my God, have we had them. Jesus, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man Quantumania was bad. Ah. There was this shining light in the form of a little computer-generated raccoon called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which told such a beautiful story about friendship, family, letting go of people you love, acceptance, 
and death? God, it gave me a lump in my throat. It was wonderful, this movie. The fact that I was made to care that much about a non-sentient computer-generated character is testament to just how good a director James Gunn is. Like, yo, if anyone is in doubt about how good Superman Legacy is going to be, watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and then write me a check. You know, the, the fact that Rocket has always been the hothead and a bit of a comedian, and they spun it the way they did in this film, you know, um, you kind of split up the Guardians and you kind of have slight comedic moments somewhere here and there. But every time you go to Rocket, your heart just sinks that little bit deeper. I think that's the true testament. As you said, to care about a non-sentient being. But, but it's, it's, the, it's the character arc. I think it's just, it, it's not the Rocket we're used to. And it's given us an idea as to why he is the Rocket that we now see. And know, mm-hmm. like, know and love is really interesting. The, the, you know, the, the kind and caring Rocket that was there. How it even came to him being that was, I think that was, it, it, it was really, really interesting. I just want to bring up this question with here from Mixed Memorabilia, which is, um, do we think we will see a big rise in AI-based films in the near future? No. I'm going to go for the answer to be no. And I think the reason being the strikes that just took place, the fact that people were out to protect one form of the industry and what an impact it took um yeah it could possibly be it could possibly be that way but i think hollywood also learned a lesson in that time where they were like okay people are still important and i think that is something it's, we can't discount it, listen there have been so many instances in recent in very recent i'm talking last three to five years of the higher ups thinking that their creatives don't matter only to end up with egg on their face. I've literally just gone on a tirade about how Marvel suffered because their creatives had their power stripped from them and look what oh, they had. Oh, sorry, sorry. I think Francis put something and I've just kind of missed the point as well. Movies based on AI. Oh, of course. That's going to be the new flavour of the month, 100%. It's, it's going to be something. I, it's, I, already I actually look cre- it's, it's already happened. The creator came out this year. They're already doing it. Um, <laughs> it's it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. There. and yeah no that's that's definitely flavor of the month for the foreseeable future um but then look at what happened at warner brothers you know under the old leadership where literally overnight this happened i think just two or three years ago when they said that they're going to do day and date releases in both cinema and streaming christopher nolan gave them that and went to work at paramount after having spent his whole life his creative life at warner brothers Denis Villeneuve wrote one of the most scathing articles I've ever seen, and they had to reverse three dump trucks of money in order to keep him. And very quickly, the people who were in charge of Warner Brothers were fired. And that's when David Zaslav entered and fixed all this and was like, no, 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 no. Cinemas make money, and then we go to streaming, right? smarter heads prevailed there's been so many instances recently of people being like oh we don't need the creatives who can just make shut up <laughs> it's hysterical and every time they try it goes wrong and they're like okay we need our creatives but yeah you do cool but yes guardians top film top film. guardians amazing film and francis lalonde thoughts on Mar- majors marvel kang uh tune in to silver screen news tomorrow and you shall find out it's on the youtube channel uh so that was your number. That was my number five. So your number four. 
Right, my number four. Um, I believe this is available on Apple TV as well. Um, this was on my list last year of films of 2023 that I'm really interested in seeing, and it didn't actually fall short. Blackberry. Um, I have heard of this. I have not seen it. Do tell. Yeah, so it's essentially just talking about the the rise and fall of Blackberry, and it's yeah, as you can go figure. AJ with biopics and and true life stories that come up. Yeah, right. It was just these guys who were just working on set, like different projects and realized the opportunity of what they can do. And like the original template was a smart calculator that they were using to just try and like make a phone. And it was I think it was that at a Game Boy. It was really mad the the, the prototype that they had to try and pitch this idea. And one of the things that they they had first mastered, which wasn't that companies had been trying to use for the longest while because they wanted to bring the internet, was how to make the server work for the internet, you know, because a, a single server would crash or something. I can't remember the full details behind it and how it worked. But these guys had figured it out. And it was just two guys who were just working in a company that wasn't really building some, you know, it wasn't really going somewhere. And they were pitching these ideas. And there was this one guy who had the idea who could market it. And he was able to take it further. He brought it to some bigger big wigs out there. And it, it became the company that it is. Even You even find out why it was called Blackberry and what have you. And you just see how this company is just rising based off of two guys who just had an idea and really believed in it and took it to, the, to its highest degree. And what happens when the world is now introduced to iPhone? So it's literally within this film, you see the rise of the smartphone and the downfall of the original smartphone because of the the, the, the arrival of, of the iPhone and, you know, not knowing when to change. And it's not, I don't want to call it a spoiler because it, it's history and it's not even too far away history. Like anyone watching this, if you're watching this, I believe you're old enough to know that Blackberry has come and gone. Who talks about a Blackberry now? It, it, it's, you know, it's there, but we all remember having one back then. And, and oh, I never owned one. Did you never own one? I, I remember first touching it and thinking it's not for me and then being absolutely obsessed with them. And it's, it's even how they cornered it into the market of being the businessman's phone, you know, because it was the way. It, and it, it literally shows you how people became so dependent on how emails are delivered to them because it's a working. It's a, it's a, it was the official first mobile work, working tool, you know, and that's mm. what they wanted. This is what they had mastered. And it's just kind of sad. And again, with every, all of these stories that we go through, you kind of get these people who are just out there to be self-serving. And that also led to some of the problems in there, in there because it, it did get legal because funds were being sold in ways that they, um, shares were being sold in ways they shouldn't be in order to get some big wigs in there. It was a really interesting story that I'd encourage anyone to see. Blackberry came out before the iPhone, didn't it? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't it. I think you might be able to find this on Apple TV now. Nico, you didn't have one in your pre-mullet days? I do not have a mullet. Who the hell do you think you are, Billy? <laughs> Sorry. Mullet? Have you lost your... Okay. Mullet. Ain't no mullet here, buddy. Okay, cool. Where do... Hey, yo, 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 yo. Mullet. Do I look like a 1980s porn star to you? Don't answer that. Um... Mullet. Man's lost his mind. I ain't got no business on the top. Bro, I'm all party. I'm all party. <laughs> you have sides. You have sides. You're good. <laughs> Bro, mullet. This man lost his mind. I got here longer than most people now. Like, freaking mullet. Oh, don't, don't, don't let me pull out my... But yeah, I know where you're going. Mullet. 
<laughs> Man, <laughs> I ain't no cashwheeler, bro. What are you saying? <laughs> Cash got a gun, got a gun. Oh, <laughs> uh, you need to, you need to come to Gavin, You're damn right, the mullet got me, Gavin. Jesus, mullet. We. In a world where people spot normal hairstyles, a single man fights the cause. Yes, Francis, I do. Uh, so that was your number four, AJ, yes? It was indeed, yeah. In a world. Speaking of in a world and box office bombs, I can't understand how this one bombed. I adore this. Came out last year in the States. January release here in the UK. Babylon. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I love this film. Uh, very, very very unlike anything Damien Chazelle has ever done. Um, it's got the musical influence that he loves to have in his movies, you know. So you can see tones of whiplash and La La Land in here. But this, not for the first time in this show, I'm going to liken this movie to as if two other movies made a love child together. This is like if Singing in the Rain and Pulp Fiction shagged and made this. It's literally the singing in the rain story of Hollywood transitioning from the silence to the talkies. Um, but man, the cocaine bubble gum is visible for all to see in this movie. When I tell you it has got one of the most bonkers opening scenes that involves decadence, parties, elephant poo. Yes, you heard me. Elephant poo. Um Hits, dancing, coke, everything in the first sort of five minutes, and it's all one nice big swooping panoramic shot, and you're like, okay, I'm in for something here. One woman rising to fame in the form of Margot Robbie, and one other person realizing that his time is coming to an end in the form of Brad Pitt. It is sensational about the humility of not letting the stardom get to you, but equally having the humility to know when your time is done and it's time to move on. It if that's the sort of subject matter that resonates with you, this movie will hit you freaking hard. How it bombed, I do not know. Because this is an incredible movie. I do want to check it out. I do want to check it out. Again, so many good releases. I actually forgot that this was this year. 2023 has been an amazing year. I'm going to say it now to everyone listening in the live chat. I'm going to put it out on Twitter and I'm going to say it again at the end of the show. I've seen more movies this year just from pure temptation than I have for a long freaking time. Like day, same day releases, I'm in the cinema. And for the first time ever on the Silver Screen Dudes YouTube channel to give AJ some time off and because we're not doing well, I mean, you'll get the top 10 that was recorded last week releasing next week. But there's not going to be regular daily content coming next week. However, what you will get is an epic video called Ranking Every Movie I Saw in 2023. S, the top rank. A, B, C, and D for dog you know what. Five rankings, every movie ranked. That's coming. Well, that's going to be recorded next week and probably released the week after Christmas. So stay tuned to see that. But yeah, Andy... I'm very glad you enjoyed it. Babylon was great. Top three of the year for me. Nico singing in the rain comment is spot on. Thank you. It's brilliant. <laughs> Billy, you're forgiven. And to show you that you're forgiven, I'll even tie it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Mullet. Mullet. 
That was your four. Uh, that was my four. Hang on, just quickly. Gavin Mann said something interesting here. It took half. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I forgot about this. It took half an hour for the title credit to come up. Thirty minutes of this movie plays, and then it says Babylon, and you're like, "Wait, what?" That was the intro. Right away, I knew it was for me. Love the little uh, Roscoe Arbuckle reference in the opening party. Mwah! Thank you for knowing that, Gavin. It's bullet mullet yeah. mullet club <laughs> mullet <laughs> mullet <laughs> oh man i love it mullet club very good very very good um your number three my number three is our punt from earlier yeah yeah wow um, really ranks high for you huh i look do you know Good to see Chris Tucker back. Good to see it's Matt Damon. Roll. I know. Good to see Matt Damon and Ben Affleck together again. Like it's so much. But it, again, it was one of these stories that again it's ranked high, and maybe I would put other films above it. That I feel was it was a flash in the pan. Like you, 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 you missed it in the cinema. It was it was come and go that quick, you know. And more hmm. than anything, it was such an again. The same way we talk about how there are different ways and the stuff we take for granted, it's the angle of Nike Air. Like, we all know that everyone could be like, yeah, I've got the Jordan 1s, I've got the Jordan this, the, the other, Jordan 4s, Jordan 6s, the rest. Nike weren't that company. Adidas were kicking rear end. Converse were killing them. <laughs> like, there were companies doing stuff and signing sports stars left, right, and centre. And Nike are like, Right, we need to find someone, and they're looking at different people, and then it's randomly said, like, yeah, this 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 Jordan kid in college, he's doing college basketball at this stage, like he he's he he this could be something, and it's the angles of trying to sign him and like wondering how well it will be, and trying to figure out if you can really bank on this star, and what I also love about a film that is about a individual as famous as Michael Jordan, as the legacy of the Air Jordans and the, the link of Nike and Michael Jordan. He's not seen. <laughs> he's not seen. Well, that I was about to say, I actually love that about the movie. That I, he's I, there. I think it's gold. It's gold. He's there, he's in the room, but you don't see him. I tell yeah, you who you do see, see, who is a powerhouse, is Mrs. Jordan. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Big up my mum, my grandmother, and every other lady called Mrs. Jordan. <laughs> but, uh, but Mrs. Jordan in the angles of of um, Michael Jordan's mother is amazing. And she fights for her son. She fights for her son. And obviously, Viola Davis just oh, owns she's it. So she good, doesn't she? Owns it as she does. It's like, like she does this. <laughs> Viola Davis, good. Walter White, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's like second nature. She's just breathing and delivers excellence. And it's just negotiations, trust, faith, fear, risk. Because Nike may not be here had Michael Jordan failed. That that that's that's how bad that. Nike may not be here had this idea not come up. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a stroke of genius. I thought the story was amazing, absolutely amazing. And dude, again, water wet, Matt Damon, very good. Yeah, so yeah. good. 
I also yeah. really like Jason Bateman in it. I'm not normally a Jason Bateman guy. I, I do, yeah, I get what you're saying. Bateman can be, yeah, he's his, like I, I enjoy Bateman. I, I but there are other films he did with. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I think is it the switch he done with Jennifer Aniston? Give or take, I really didn't need it. He was good in this. He was good in this. Yeah, yeah. And no, it's available on Prime, it. people. Just go check it out on Prime. Amazon. I'll be honest. Apple have done their thing. Amazon weren't far behind. Amazon have delivered some bangers this year. I'm gonna have to give them their credit. Amazon have been quietly going about doing very good content for a few years now. This is Apple's year. Like I'm not saying, as I said, they're just behind. I said they're just behind. I, I'll give it. That. No, no, I know, I know, but I know. But it just—it's yeah. amazing that when you think, Jesus, what was it? Two years ago, when Apple announced that they were going to go into this, everyone rolled their eyes like, Ugh, "Really." Look at me now. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, I'm pretty sure Blackberry's on, on Apple. So it might be an Apple Tetris, production as well. Blackberry. Actually, I don't think it would. I don't, could it be? No, that can't be right. That would be such Wouldn't surprise me when you consider that, that they're freaking selling Xbox controllers in the Apple store now, and that's a Microsoft product. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but like Blackberry, Tetris, um, you've got Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon. Like, this is a good year for Apple, man. They've done well. They've done really well. Ted Lasso, I love, of course. Everyone loves Ted Lasso. I need to check some of these stuff out. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Ted Lasso is great. Easy watch. If you like The Office, you'll love Ted Lasso. It's similar vibes. Cool. Um, they're yeah, like, they're like the football is such a minor thing. It's more about the people in it. Yeah, no, no. Listen, sometimes you can watch something that's very sports-based, not even be a fan of that sport. Even though I encourage everyone to go and check out Iron Claw by that nature, um, I, I honestly believe like if you've got a good story, you've got a good a good story to tell. It doesn't matter how you appreciate it. Do I know anything about basketball? Heck no. Did I love air? Yeah. <laughs> Is that? Yeah. Marcus Van Grover with the deep cut here. I still remember when you used to call Ben Affleck shark eyes. Oh, I still do. That has not changed. <laughs> when you play the Ben Affleck game, when you're when you're watching Ben a Ben Affleck movie, do this. Just so you can see his eyes. Tell me if there's any life in his eyes. Like, there's nothing there. It, 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 nothing behind the eyes. If you do that, loads of expression. This, there's nothing there. He's dead behind the eyes, bro. And Chris Tucker, yeah, we addressed this already, Billy. It was nice to see him. Tiny role, but nice to see him. Yeah, look, it, it worked, but... Griffin Hobbit's in the house, AJ! Hello and Merry Christmas to you too, Biffa. Oh, guys, you don't know how such it is to see names that we used to see like on a weekly basis a year ago. And uh, look, it's not, there's a lot of work that goes into putting this in and that's why it's not a weekly live show like we'd like it to be before. But uh, and look, guys, the growth is there. The growth has proven why it's the way it is, but we truly have missed you guys and appreciate you all coming back in for, for a nice family reunion. Family reunion. Uh, Andy Hart says Michael Jordan requested Viola Davis play his mother. Michael Jordan is a smart man. <laughs> that was your number three, yes? Yes, sir. Your number three was a punt. My number three is a punt from earlier. Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Ooh, diggity. This movie got me hard. But wait, don't know why I did that. Uh, but <laughs> it broke emotionally this film assaults you like it's you i i felt everything brendan fraser was feeling emotionally i felt like 
Some people call it exploitative. Some people call it voyeuristic. To that I say, no. But what film isn't voyeuristic? It's like it's like when someone say it's like the Barbie argument when people were saying like, uh, what was it? Where, 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 when the men all came out swinging, like, ah, this movie's trashing on men, and all the women were coming out saying, ah, we should be trashed on men. I was there in the middle, going, I agree with both, and so. Yeah. Like so, the a movie, Barbie movie has to be pro female, and it has so to the show the angles. So what? Like, big deal. Yes. Are you so sensitive that you can't handle a bashing for an hour and a half? Come on, man, laugh. It's all good. It's all good. And they can it, take shots at them. Trust me, here. there'll be ten movies that come out in the next few months where we're taking shots at them, and y'all motherfucker. Y'all mother flubbers will be laughing when those women trashing movies come out too. It's okay to laugh at other people and not to get carried away and need to make headlines about, oh my God, the Batman murders on such. Shut up. It's just a bit of fun. It's entertainment. And in this case, it's literally opposite end of the spectrum. I felt everything that he was going through emotionally. I mean, I've wrestled with my demons, as I'm sure other people have too. You know very well what my demons were, AJ. Mm -hmm. Seeing some of the behaviors this guy had, I was like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable because I've, I've lived this. Not this specifically, but other stuff that where you have specific behaviors, where you become almost feral, like that point where he's going, <gasps> where he's lugging down that, that, that hoagie or whatever those big American sandwiches are called. And it's like, oh, I've seen him both live that type of behavior before when I had my demons to deal with. And it was like, oh, Jesus, this is not pleasant to watch at all. And therein lies the power. The fact that it can make anyone who's dealt with any type of addiction before feel like, oh, God, uncomfortable right now. Because it's accurate. It you feels know? lived in inaccurate. And his relationship with his daughter is so heartbreaking and yet wonderful and real and organic and just sincere i was like why are people choosing to be cynical about this movie it's like each to their own of course we all like different things that's fine but to say i've heard things like the performance i was like that good shut up like <laughs> Criticize anything, but pick a different line. Seriously, go back to the drawing board with that one. Oh, like Aronofsky's just manipulating us. It's like all movies manipulate you. That's literally the point. But the film has it, it, what I like is it shows you just it, how easy it is to slip based off of one, a couple of decisions and what guilt can lead you into, and how your lifestyle can just change and how obscure you can be from society and still perform to it dare I say obviously something like COVID has allowed it to be and you know to have an online teacher the way he was and what have you so maybe you couldn't have predicted a film like this a few years back but to be so dare I say ashamed of yourself but yet so caring at the same time you know everything he's doing is for his daughter's benefit and this isn't a spoiler guys it's, it's there Though it's a troubled and strained relationship, nobody short of a carer and a visit from his daughter has seen this person for years. 
for absolute years. And you just think to yourself, like when he does this and reveals himself, it's like, oh, yeah, it, 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 ah, it, oh, it, it touches you in a way that you don't expect. You know, you just like, you, you kind of hear the story like a, a repressed da, 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 who's trying to get on with his, like, the, the, the the, the 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 synopsis of the film can't do the film justice. Essentially, nope. it, it's nope. A, it's it's a very must. What it's a it's a must see movie. That's the correct English. It's it's a must see movie. Um, no 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 selling of the story without getting into details will ever justify it. And that's what I like about this film because I was like, okay, here we go, a guy who's just been a bit of a recluse trying to connect with his daughter. Okay, like that's literally what it kind of sells as, you know. A gay, a, a gay overweight recluse trying to reconnect with his daughter. And like, okay, here we go. What are you trying to show me? It is so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper. You, you can make any movie synopsis bare bones and cynical. I think that speaks volumes about someone who chooses to do that. I mean, I know, I know. I've done that sometimes. Yeah, but, but, again, but here's the thing. Can you go deeper without getting into spoiler territory? I'm not sure. And that's why I'm like, don't let the synopsis fool you. Don't let the simple poster fool you. Check the film. Yeah, really check the film. You'll 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 come for the noted performance, and it is quite the thing to behold what Brendan Fraser does. I'm very happy that he's found his feet again. I really am. Um, but you really will stay for the emotional <laughs> gut punch. It's it's quite the thing to behold. <laughs> Billy Mount says the whale got Nico. Oh yes, it did. Something rotten. It's a very sad movie. Um, Francis Lalonde says, love that point, Nico. Ten more movies coming in the next several months. Preach it. Yes, sir. Um, Gavin Mann says, the whale is quite low down on all new releases I saw this year. Still happy that people get something out of it. They're the real winners. Thank you, sir. Uh, and the whale DV Blu-ray purchased. Enjoy Mixed Memorabilia. AJ, your number two. My number two. This one I know wasn't going to make your list because I saw your review for it. And I was kind of torn as to where, it, but I actually really did enjoy it. Like it would have been high up for me. I, I look, I think you said you enjoyed it, but it was missing. Um, you preferred air, essentially, is what I saw in your, your review of it. But I really enjoyed the story. Big George oh, Foreman. Really? I I listen, the angles of what George Foreman went through really I it was eye-opening to me. Oh, I thought it was dull as ditch water. Really? I didn't get So it. I boring. I really was taken in. I mean, just, just from kid George to adult George and like escaping the police and 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 that was one bit. None of it hit. It's like really? it was just kind of like that. I me, don't want to get hit. into territories, but what he'd done to avoid the dog didn't make you like even wince. I was like the fact oh. that I can't remember what he did to avoid the dog says everything. It was that, um, maybe it was a bit cynical on your end, but the way, what happened in order for him to have found religion, I was just like, you see, but again, I think that's the based on a take of religion, maybe. Um, it did get a Partly. bit creepy. It was like, but hmm? that was my issue with it. It went from being boxing biopic to preachy Catholic. I was like, but ah, it's, no. it's the man's life. We can't we can't take back what it is. You know, no, no, As I said, not, I, what he, not what he was doing. What he was doing is fine. The way the movie chose to deliver it. Oh yeah, line, that that last line. Peter Griffin says in Family Guy when he's talking. That's it. When he's talking about the Godfather, he says it insists on itself. 
the movie really insisted on itself. That bro, I get it. He found religion. Can we focus on him now, not what your message is? But I mean, look, I get through all of it. I can understand how it was able to relate back. I mean, there were some parts where I didn't need to see it, where they're like, "Well, you've done it now," and it's like, "No, God said we must go further." That was a bit too much for me. I get it is his story; and it needs to be told, but it is a bit shoving down the throat. But it it, it to me is. I was just fascinated. I, I mean, okay. I know they showed a part where he was trying to sell barbecue sauce. I was a bit upset there was no touch on the grill. I I, I know it means it's a very small part in the, the, the George. No, no, story, but, but I'm it, like, yeah, yeah, I agree. If with you're going to show me everything else, let's touch on how he got contacted for the grill. Like it, it's that you, you're you're happy to tell me he sold the rights for the grill at the end of the film. Not a spoiler, people. If you do your history business search, you'll find out George Roman's not affiliated to it anymore. But yet the name is still there. So if you're going to tell me that at the end and be like, that's also how he made money. Show me how he got into the money. Of exactly. It. And this is what annoyed that me about me. the movie. I'm like, you spent a quarter of your time showing me his boxing life and the rest talking to me about his religious uprising. And then a little... I wouldn't have said it was a quarter. I wouldn't have said it was oh, a quarter. Jesus, bro, it felt like a quarter. Like the amount of time they spent on the actual boxing biopic, which is what the movie sold itself as, versus his post-boxing life, which... No disrespect, I couldn't care less about the. It's like what makes these biopics interesting is when you find the greater story revolving around how they became who they are or the little details of what made them who they are. It's like George Foreman isn't famous because he became a pastor or a preacher, he's famous for being a boxer and for the George Foreman grill. That's the story I want to hear. Everything in between. Don't care, bro. You're just another average Joe like me then. And you're not interesting. I want to know about... I wanted his journeys with Ali. I wanted to know about... His, I, they had so many great boxing rivalries they could have touched on. And they just glanced over his rivalry with Ali. I'm like, that's all you're me? I think it's because we're talking about the oldest head. Well, at the time, I think. See, look, Billy Mount says it right here. Was he really religious? I always thought he was a good cook and inventor. That's what he's famous for. Give me that story. I get it. But again, I would never picture George Foreman with the anger issues that he had prior. Like, there was so. I think there was a good build into what got him into boxing. Then the the undefeated streak that he had, which I thought was quite amazing. Then, yeah, we, we see. The turn. I, I get that. It, there was a strong focus at the end, and we could have reduced that a bit, but it, it's what explains what made him get back into the ring to become the champ. That's why he was a, late, a champ for the second time at a later age. So I understand why we have to focus on it. We could have reduced it a tad to focus on, as we said, the inventor slash what have you. That's the only thing that made me resent the film, but I, I actually had a real good ride with it. The religious story in it, irrespective of what my feelings on religion are, because ultimately that has nothing to do with it, because we're talking about a biopic, and we chose to make the biopic focus on the thing that the guy's not famous for, and of the three things that kind of made his life, you've centred it on arguably the least interesting. Like, I'm sorry, you're going to tell me, Boxer, who then retired and came back to be the oldest heavyweight champion in the world, that's a journey. Oh, 100%. And this is Boxer, what this is. Who then became I, a like, uh, really good cook because he enjoyed his pork. Didn't he just? 
He enjoyed his pork and then invented the George Foreman grill so he didn't have so much of that and was more like that and then didn't have that affiliation anymore. That would have been interesting. Imagine they'd done the, the Ray Kroc movie, but they said, Ray Kroc went to school. Let's look at his school years in religious school. I'm like, I don't care. Show me him stealing McDonald's, man. Funny how we have a different take. I don't think the religious oh. that over. And I think the build-up into what got him into the ring, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Thank it. Francis Lalonde said it here. This is, this is summing up what I'm saying. If Foreman hadn't boxed, would have probably been just another no-name Oh, but his focus is on the boxing. We can't take that away. What encouraged him to become a boxer in the build-up, followed by it. Don't get me wrong. The grill is the only part I feel was missing. I think the religion is quite integral as to what got him back in the ring. It is. It's just, I think there was a little middle part of the story that's missing. But I wouldn't hate on the film. I, again, you thought it was a you thought it was a quarter box and three quarters religion. I didn't see it as such. I would have maybe 70, maybe 50-50. This movie should have been 50% boxing, 20 minutes of his religious life, nothing more than that. Like, you could have montaged that stuff. Hollywood's favourite trick. Montage to get through this part. Got him back into the ring and that journey and then onto the George Foreman grill. That would have been so much more interesting than they go and build a church. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. Show me the boxing. Weird. Okay. okay. Ball. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I would love to know if anyone else has watched it. I would like to know what your opinions are on the film. Fair enough. Oh, dude, this movie was my number. I know you know what my number one is, so keep it to yourself. But yeah, this yeah. movie, this was my number one for so long. And going back to what I was saying before about what really stuck with me, and I had to swap my number one around. Oh, this movie I thought was genius. And it's people are weird about Nolan. It's like now it's becoming trendy to hate on him. I've just given the game up. But my number two is Oppenheimer. I thought this movie was sensational. Absolutely sensational long methodical beautifully shot well acted impactful and again you know me i don't like melodrama what this movie did was it conveyed without ever needing to show a single war scene yeah there's nothing you don't see the atomic bomb go off in this movie you see the trinity project where they're testing the explosions and stuff when they do actually do the first explosion but you don't see hiroshima and nagasaki they don't even go down that territory the narrative is very much centered about around you know it's like prometheus stealing fire from the gods it's like oh jesus what have we done here yeah we've split the atom but what are the wider repercussions of this what have we done here and that's where it's so powerful it's it seems like a weird analogy. But to use Jaws as an analogy, when you don't see the shark, it's powerful. Same type of mindset here, right? You know if you have any freaking knowledge of world history from World War II up until now. You know nuclear is a real thing. You know the devastation that it, would, that it has done when the bombs were dropped on Japan. You know that they're now used as a deterrent, minus a few psychos who we're genuinely quite worried about in China and Russia. But the narrative is so nuanced and subtle and beautiful. And Oppenheimer is 
such an interesting historical character. Now, you want to talk great biopics. Man, this hit for me. It really, really hit for me, this movie. I love it. Um, my biggest sin is I didn't get to sit in the cinema. I'd done one half of Barbenheimer. And um, I'll be honest, I've started Oppenheimer. Um, didn't get to finish it, and I thought I would do it. But this past week, it, and part of the sin that really hurt me is that I, I couldn't put myself to just watching it on my phone. And that's kind of the way I was going for it. But this past week is actually busier than I intended. So it didn't actually make the list, sadly. Um, but I've heard it. I've, one of my mate James, who's at work, he says it. For something that doesn't show war and just shows a man's calculations and stuff, it's mad how they can make this film as good as it is. You know, um, he, his, his partner, Fran, was also, it's not her kind of film, and she's admitted it. She's like, she's not too good with long films, kind of like the old AJ here. She's like, time flew by. Like, it, it, it's such a good film. You don't, you, you, you know, it's good. You know, it's long. A bit like the Wolf of Wall Street kind of argument, I always say. You know, it's long. Mm. You know, it's long, but you don't, it's yeah. long. length doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah, that's the one. That's exactly yeah. it. That's the one. Um, Gavin, man, I think yeah. this is a great By the way, Mick Memorabilia, I saw your um, response on the George Foreman movie. Cool. Uh, Gavin, man, says the test explosion and the horror on Killian Murphy's face during that speech were top tier, Nolan. They really were. It was really, really like, I think we all gave Nolan a pass for Tenet. It was like, okay, you messed up here. This wasn't great. And he and he was like, my bad. My bad. Let me let me let me call, let, let me course correct. He had a bad day at the office. It's fine. He came back swinging with this. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He came back swinging with this epic, epic in its in its scope, and yet so character centered. Which you know I love because AJ, what? <laughs> what is big screen action without character or narrative purpose? <laughs> visual noise. Visual noise, that one. Yeah. Yes. No, I get it. No, and I knew, listen, it's a Nolan film based on history. I knew the film was going to have purpose. So, character and narrative purpose equals great movie. There's no magic spell to it. We are humans. We are, by our very nature, storytellers. We either love to create stories or we gravitate to people who tell stories that capture us. If a if we are cavemen sitting in a cave and one person's going, an explosion went boom. Boom! It's like, okay, you got me for a moment. But when you explain where someone comes from, when you explain why they're doing what they're doing but without bashing you on the head george foreman without bashing you on that without bashing you on the head and explaining everything i'm sorry just take the number next to it the finger next i know because I, I know i know I'm, I'm making a point here but it's, it, it only came to me as i was talking that oh this is actually quite valid to my previous point but yeah character driven and subtle it's wonderful and Gavin Mann says, Nico's number one, Renfield. You must be That's joking. Uh, and Gavin Mann says, does Nico have a London-based film at number one? No. No, he does not. Uh, oh, AJ, it is not London-based. AJ, what's your worst film of the year? Right, my worst. Now, while we're doing worst, guys, um, I would just like absolutely everyone to get their top five or top ten in because we're getting yeah. to that point where 
it's time for you guys to start interacting with us. It's not just about our top 10 films. We'd love to hear what films you guys have seen and what you enjoyed this past year. And have you, that Wonka, Wonka's pretty fresh, but maybe you caught that. You know, there's, there's a few bits that came in as last minute contenders. Um, right. This film, um, so I came out of Wonka and I'd done my um, instant movie reaction. Sent it to you. This film was a one-take shot that I think took 15 seconds for me to say. I was like, da 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 and I, I couldn't even send it. I was like, I'm going to do another one, and I couldn't even bring myself to bring it up again. So around the time that The Flash was released, okay. right, what is the, the lady of the house also said to me that there's a Take That movie coming out. It's oh. the official musical called Greatest Days. Let me get the poster up for you guys right now. Greatest Days, the official take that um oh i've heard of this this looked awful the official take that musical now i can take many angles for a for for something right um you can tell me you're going to do mamma mia or um oh what's my girl's name tony collette muriel's wedding which are films are based on the songs of abba but do not feature ABBA by any means. You can give me Bohemian Rhapsody. You can give me Rocket Man. Hell, you could give me Walk the Line. You could give me Ray. These are films that are about the stars and the journey. Then we can do this one, which would be quite nice, which will be fans of a group. And we follow them and you can use their music. What I don't get, especially when you tell me the official take that movie when you tell me take that are in the movie why are they chronically referred to as the boys now we could talk about um cultural appropriation and all the all the rest and you know colorism there is no point and i mean this now you can change the color of james i don't say this normally you could change the color of james bond hell you can make t'challa white however when we are talking real life characters not any of them being named by their names. Why am I seeing the United Colors of Benetton represent and take that? We are all very aware it was four white boys, right? There is no reason for me to be seeing an Asian guy and a black guy or whatever in there. And I don't even believe they took the names. Now, why is this known as the official film? And it's it's not there. Take that a featuring in there like buskers. I remember watching this film thinking, what the hell? There is a kind of sweet story of a group of girls who were friends and they they, they, they disbanded and they're all coming back because it's their chance to see the boys. And you keep wondering why one girl's not there. I kind of guessed it. I'm not going to get into it. It's there. Again, I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt of not going into spoiler territory. But I, the the lady of the house actually apologized because she's like, yeah, that was a bad film. I honestly, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. I legit went in there, literally gave a very short summary of, they call it this, and I don't even know why. It's called Take That. People are the wrong different colour. And yeah, um, yeah, really wouldn't see it. And I cut. And I didn't send it to you. I would love to even see if I've got the video still left. And I might even post that for, for nostalgia memories. But I I couldn't even bring myself to talk about the film for more than 15 seconds. It was absolutely terrible. Okay. <laughs> Very. Good. I actually think you may have me beaten this this time, because that did look legitimately terrible. So much so that it kept me even going to see it in the cinema. 
I was like, nah, <laughs> that's not for me, that one. Yeah, I know that to have a broad opinion, you have to see as many things as possible. <laughs> I'll, 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 you know. You can miss this one. You're, you're, you're not I'll, missing I'll stay, let, let, let me say it like this. I'll stay narrow-minded here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does you no harm in this situation. Oh, damn. So, okay. Uh, I'm just starring everyone's fives there. Okay. So, 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 so. I have two. Uh, I actually had three worst at one point. My my honourable worst was Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, which I still can't bring myself to finish. I, Jesus Christ, it's bad. I put it on. I, I had. I downloaded it off of Disney Plus. Yes, I'm not allowed to say that. Download <laughs> it's legal. I downloaded it off of Disney Plus, and I'm like, I'm on a plane to Spain, and I'm on a plane back. I had better movies to watch. I had a book to read. I tried. I fell asleep twice. This film chronically puts me to sleep. It's so bad. I, I can't actually believe modern Marvel made something this bad. Like, and this is what fascinates me about entertainment culture and pop culture. The fake trashing that came out surrounding the Marvels. Like, oh, it's woke. The Marvels isn't woke. If you think it's woke because it's got women in it, you need to go and see a therapist. You should see someone about that. It's like an itch. You should see someone about that. Um, the Marvels isn't woke. Is it top-tier Marvel? No, but it's top-tier Phase 4 Marvel. The fact that Quantumania was not subjected to the same level of disdain baffles me. Because this, you, you're good? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was just intrigued. I'm listening to you, but also intrigued at um, people's content. Quantum Mania is truly one of the worst, most tremendous pieces of shib they have ever created. Like, this is up there with Thor The Dark World. This is the, possibly the worst MCU film. Like, this is levels of bad that I thought we'd move past. Um, My honourable worst... Oh... AJ, I'm so sorry. Megan. You didn't enjoy Megan? I hated it. I hated really? Yeah. I hated everything about I it. I feel at the end it got stupid. So Especially stupid. Especially when they make her do that random dance. And I was like, that was So crazy. stupid. The dancing with her running after everyone was so painful. I thought the scene in the forest was fun. That was the one part of the movie where I was like, okay, she's going to town. But that part in the basement at the end was like, She's going to turn around and Megan's going to be there. What are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm so creeped out. I didn't know that. Like, do you know what it felt like? It felt like the old school jump scare horror failing to deliver jump scares. And Megan's going to be there in three, two, there it is. The build of Megan in the build up to it. Did it not, did it not intrigue you? Did it just Not at all. I was like, female Chucky. It's all you are. You're just a bad Chucky. I didn't find, you know, I was like, I don't like the fact that we're already, you know, mixed memorabilia mentioned it earlier. Are we seeing AI and the rise in AI movies? Yeah, creator, Megan, it's already happening this year and it's going to get worse. This this perverse obsession we have of we're going to make AI evil. It's like, guys, we've done it. Chucky, Terminator, like, let it go. It's been done and it's been done when AI wasn't as in vogue as it is now. Like, you're not going to do anything interesting with this. I'm, I remain open to be proven wrong about this, but I... 
bored me senseless. You want to talk sleep-inducing for me? Unfortunately, it was Megan. And I thought the acting in it was so over the top and ham-fisted. I was like, oh, please, stop it. Just run say Andy for good uh, andy i don't agree mate but andy andy likes scream and i despise that movie so you know you and andy have similar sensibilities with horror then i guess oh um, she plays megan Alison williams is she plays the guardian slash megan creator in the film yeah good it's not a bad actress i like her she wasn't okay. um <laughs> <laughs> sorry bro no, it, and it bugged me because I've, you know, the hype you had for it. I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. AJ's a conjuring guy. He's he's got. I've got him on board with horror now. I'm going to take his recommend. Uh. Hmm. I was so looking forward to watching it, and I was like, ah. Oh. Oh. It happens. It happens. Look, everything's not for everyone. I'm just. I'm just. It's unfortunate. I'm saying. I'm, yeah. Right, but it's like no. Yeah. But no, my worst of the year, horror comedy that was just just so bad, so bad. And I'm, unfortunately, Nicolas Cage, Aquafina and Nicolas Holt in Renfield. Oh, my God. You offensive, plebiscite, scum-sucking piece of shit movie never should have been made. Like, you know how Kick-Ass really nailed, again, Matthew Vaughn behind it. Um, but you know how Kick-Ass nailed that kind of, comedy but graphic violence thing perfectly right it yeah, knew how to yeah. be gritty while also being kind of playful you know there was something endearing about it shouldn't be endearing but was endearing about a little nine-year-old girl going ah, i'm just flubbing with you daddy while flipping around a, a butterfly knife yeah 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 right yeah, or, yeah. or Nick Cage playing a character called Big Daddy and slow-mowing Spartan style everyone in a warehouse and then being burned alive. You're like, that's violent, but my God, you've you've somehow balanced this quite tricky act so well. Renfield tried to do that and fell so flat. It's like, okay, cool. Hyper-violence, trying to be funny. So it's kick-ass with vampires. It's just bad like really really bad i door i don't want to even want to in, in, do you know what's funny give this I'm moving my air like like francis saying like literally was all set to attend Renfield preview opening until saw the final trailer literally the day before and i think something similar Maybe happened was great as dracula that's the weird thing billy mount's right Page was a fun Dracula. He was not the problem of this movie. Mm. Mm. No, I just... There was something about it at the end. I remember watching the trailer. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be for me. And you know me. Vampires are my stick. I don't care if it's cheesy Buffy or if it's an interview with a vampire. I'm down with it, you know. But I was a bit, I was a bit skeptical about this one. I was. But yeah. Mm. Fair enough. Um, I so Billy to answer your question, I think the entire collection is hated by Nico. Whether it's nineteen ninety, Scream Two, I like. Scream Two, oh, I like. Scream Two, I like. Scream One. Ugh. Yeah. Take away that first fifteen minutes. There's no movie there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Oh, Francis Lalonde, you do make a good point. No Exorcist. That. <laughs> rough. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's going to be on your D list, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff on your D list. Yeah, yeah. 
which is weird considering how much of a good year it, I, I've had at the cinema this year. But Jesus, there are some D's out there, man. Like, yeah, how did you screw this up? It was so bad. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay. okay. We move on. We move on. And we, we now bring <laughs> the good, good. The good. What's that? <laughs> this comment from Gavin Gavin made me laugh. Nico unleashing is in the Pity Griffin. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> Leave Megan alone. Anyway. Anyway. Short of Andy. Anyone else seen Megan? Even if she didn't make your top list, let me know what you thought. Uh, let us know what you think, thought, actually. So okay. your one's the pun. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I toyed with it for a while, but it's very much put it this way. There's there's, there's gonna be what it's dumb money. Right, it's yep. dumb money is my number one. Um, Paul Dano is just Paul Dano, man. Just oh amazing. man! Ever since we saw him in Youth, a very small art house movie with him, Harvey Keitel, and our oh, recently Michael retired Kane. Michael Caine, um, there was just something about him. You know, this young, this young gun amongst these, you know, two powerhouse actors and that older cast. I think Meatloaf was in that film as well. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, so is Maradona. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus, yeah, R.I.P. again, yeah. And um, there was something about this film that, again, real life story, so I was always going to catch me in. Um, not that I made any real money out of it, because I put 250 down, and this is without even hearing the guy. I had some GameStop funds, which kind of shot up and vanished. But on top of that, it's so reminiscent of the big short that you mix the big short and a real life story, it, 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 it had to be really high for me, and just looking at the story and the movement that came out from a guy who just really believed in something. And, you know, the, the big financial analysis, Wall Street are laughing at it. The quote, dumb money, is the fact that it's, yeah, oh, these people think this is going to be something. They had these guys, they had these guys on the rope. You, you know, we want to talk about the old rope of Ali and Foreman. These guys were on the rope. They were backed into a corner. And it, it it paid off for some, it didn't for others. And again, the the, the okay, yeah. entanglement, it's not the entanglement, but the way people lost faith because of the way manipulation takes place and you're shutting stuff down and people don't know how to play the game. It, it was such an eye-opener into the world of um, trading. And it's just one man who was literally in his basement who has been ridiculed for the best part. Even his brother was ridiculing him. So what he ends up doing at the end is like, Credit to you, bro. Credit yeah. to you. And it's, you know, it's, again, very similar. A lot of these films, again, you can see my top five are biopics and, well, true-to-life stories. There, there were so many, this happened and that. I knew, I remember hearing the GameStop story. I was shocked that the GameStop story has come out as quick as it did because I remember, right. again, I didn't it. You know, it was like, this this, this was released out of nowhere. This, this, this was no time. We've got no time to cover the truth. Like, everyone who's there, could probably still be around to tell you the tale. And you're just like, you guys tried to do what? This it, it's eye-opening stuff, and I just love it. It I was I was really taken in. I was like, is it gonna be my number one? Every other film, as much as I have a love and appreciation for it, there was something magic about this film that just said, No, you are my number one. I think this was an absolutely awesome film. And again, had no love in the cinema. I remember the way I saw it was on the side of a bus, one bus showed it to me. And I'm sure it's that only bus. I'd not seen posters for it anywhere. I'd missed trailers for it. I don't go to the cinema. I tend to try to... My timings are a bit funny with cinema going. 
But it was minimal promotion, minimal cinema time, and I feel the word missed out on it. It's awesome. You know, we talk about Paul Dano when we talk about him in youth. We talk about him in Batman, which I liked. I know you didn't. Let's not forget, Paul Dano would be, were he not acting opposite Daniel Day-Lewis, might be already sitting with an Oscar on his shelf. Because yeah. how good was he in There Will Be Blood? Like, this guy, he he's genuinely... He's very quickly becoming my new Sam Rockwell. It's like, but please give this guy an Oscar, like now. Like, he deserves it now. Like, he doesn't do bad performances. It's just not, he, he's not in his wheelhouse. Um, yeah. yeah, dude, I'm so glad you got to see this. You saw my review of it. It was, it was, I think yeah. I gave it something yeah. crazy, like a nine or a 9.5. Like, it was, boh. Yeah. Um, um mixed memorabilia. I see you're asking about Big Short. Paul Dano and, and Prisoners, Big. yes, Biffa. Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, one I would kind of put in that same category, just a touch beneath it. But if you're into that, I would go for the air story and I'd also go for Blackberry. Blackberry definitely has a very similar tone to it. And Tetris, like there's a lot of stuff that gives you a business feel in that. And if we are uh, I'm, I'm kind of slightly expanding because it's outside of the trading world when I say those stuff, but those, those are some films that I would recommend. If you, if you like that kind of feel and the founder, yeah, I would definitely recommend those two films that from this year as well. Tetris and Blackberry are definitely films to check out. Let's also remember how good Seth Rogen was bringing it full circle. Yeah, in yeah, Money. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I mentioned him like, yeah, there's a film we're going to bring up. He was, uh, yeah, Seth Rogen was tops in this. It was that moment where, I, no, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it. It was a bit of spoiler territory. I'm not going to, yeah, oh. I'm, I'm going to keep quiet. You need to see the film. You need you to see the film. It's superb. So I think you probably know what my one is because I kind of gave the game up the other night when we were all talking movies. So well, I just yeah, I kind of yeah, I, I, I saw your fascination with it and I was like, but here's the thing. Like, when what so here's the fascinating thing. Let me bring the movie up and then I'll tell you what's fascinating. Because my number one movie of the year, Riri Thomas brought this up. Saltburn absolutely robbed me of my ability to think liberally about anything else than this film. Because when I walked out of Saltburn, I knew I had just seen something special. Like, I was like, okay, you're instantly a top 10 movie. Instantly. I don't even need to sleep on you. You're there. Sleeping on it, I was like, oh, you're contender for movie of the year. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, but are you better than Oppenheimer? I don't know. Oppenheimer and its scope and in its delivery is so epic and well executed. And then more as we got away from me watching Saltburn and Oppenheimer, we come back to what I was saying before. It lingers. It stays with you. What I remember about Oppenheimer is just being blown away by the true-to-life story of J. Robert Oppenheimer and what he went through to split the atom and do the Trinity Project. And it kind of ends there. I'm like, greatly shot, beautifully shot, great performances, amazing soundtrack. Get it? The usual stuff you expect from Nolan, right? Which is greatness. And then we come to Saltburn. And I... Much like the year of prayer before dawn came out, and I couldn't stop talking about it and thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about this movie. I can't stop thinking about how much it has to say about social etiquette, about parenting, how much it has to say about school cliques, about hierarchy, about 
about where one fits in in the world and then thinking about its influences things like the talented mr ripley are a clear influence on it things like parasite very clear influence on it but it borrows without ever feeling like it steals from them and it has this this haunting soundtrack from funny enough aj a friend i've known he's not my best friend but he's a guy i've known even longer than you the other anthony um, yeah Anthony Willis did the soundtrack for this movie, so I've got a bit of an emotional connection with it too. Um, but yeah, it's it's a nice touch, you know. A guy I've known even longer than you did the freaking soundtrack for this movie. It's like, holy Christ, well done, mate. Um, but so well shot. And then we come to my not flavor of the month, but my man of the moment, my flavor of the year, Barry Keoghan, bro. Oh my giddy on this guy, like. As I said, it still shocks me that people do not know. Not the film family. Y'all watch movies. I know y'all know who, who the hell Barry Keoghan is. You will be shocked saying to the average person, who's Barry Keoghan? Not a Scooby. It's not sad a Scooby. that the one to quote him for. You know, that's the, that's the best draw you could give a lot of people. But they will, because he's the Joker. You can be guaranteed in the next two to three years when that second Batman movie comes out and he's the Joker and he's amazing, which he will be. And everyone starts talking, oh, this Barry Keoghan guy is amazing. It's like, yes, 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 we know. We know. Watch, follow the Silver Screen dudes and you two shall know. Um, but dude, his performance in this, it's, it's, whew, this is saying something. It's up there with Paul Dano and there will be blood. It's that good. It's Here's like, yeah, so I'll let you finish. And I'll go, it, it, it's a performance that will stay with you. I think Emerald Fennell is much like Lynn Ramsey. She's going to be one of those somewhat unheard of directors that's going to blow up any moment because she's already an Oscar winner with Promising Young Women. But still, for the mass market, relatively unknown. And I don't think Saltburn's going to change that. She's She's going to be a big deal. Emerald Fennell, huge right. deal. Uh, Billy's Billy's asking a question about Saltburn, but I, I I need to address this one because it's it's not my gripe, but it's it's what I feel is missing in the world of cinema recently. Francis says, "Been hearing good things about Saltburn, but it seems very middle slash lower tier as far as box office performance versus other releases." Now, it was released for one week in the UK. But here's the thing: it's these films that I feel is what is needed in the cinema i i yep. keep going back to last week's talk of um philadelphia um and just how good it was we we it doesn't need to be a big box office film it doesn't need to be art house there's that middle ground movie that's what i like to call them middle ground movies that cinema is missing and that's why people are always like it's just marvel movies i think saltburn which are very much the middle ground stuff like my number one dumb money air like my top five essentially are very much the middle ground movies that we should be talking about, which has diversity in cinema, which then says that it we can slow down on the Marvel, the MCU six films for the year and everything else, or, you know, multiple video games. And don't get me wrong, I love those, but not everything has to be a box office. Let's, let's, let's bring back the old school middle ground movies because there were some real gems in the 80s, 90s, and there are, I think it started to phase out in the early 2000s. You know, yeah. What 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 I what I've been labeling is kind of the double A movie. It's not 
it's not a triple a blockbuster it's not an indie but it's kind of got that middle ground sort of 25 yeah. to 50 million budget no more than that um so still a hefty chunk of change but yeah this this movie is one i'm gonna think about for years it's it's one i'm gonna re-watch and re-watch and re-watch it's and billy i saw billy has put this question out a few times um is salt is salt burn an lgbt no. movie no not not in the least there are some lgbt themes in it but i certainly wouldn't call this an lgbt movie absolutely not you know it's, it's, it's similar stopped. to parasite cool talking of parasite we lead into uh, mixed memorabilia's question no world cinema this year sadly i would like to think i i stopped to think and i just missed them if they were out to be honest i, I saw kind of it in myself. suzume really enjoyed it the boy and the heron would have been there i imagine if it had come out this year but it hasn't come out here yet um godzilla minus one didn't have a great amount of time for and i truth be told i didn't have a time to watch a lot of international cinema this year for my sins so yeah, yeah. And, and francis i agree it's the billion dollar films which will drive cinema look i'm here for every marvel movie every dc movie every app well God forbid, Anthony saying every Avatar movie. Yes, I'm saying it. But, you know, I'm here for those. I'm here for those all day long, all week long. That's that's what it's about. I agree. But these middle ground movies is what I believe not only build stars, but it also gives us that little bit of variety, a nice little story that it could be, oh, by the way, did you catch that film? I just, I, I miss it. You know, um, yeah, I would, I would like, I would like for those to return. Billy, why and, are you not going to the movies? Why was the last movie you saw Top Gun Maverick? Let me know. Um, and I think also with middle ground movies, it stops that label of a film being a flop because it doesn't necessarily have to make big money to be a good movie if you're classified as a middle ground, you know? Ah, but Gavin, thank you. Sisu, of course, the Finnish movie. I did see that. Again, liked it, didn't love it. I think people went a bit too crazy with uh, with with the whole, oh my God, Sisu, it's like John Wick in World War II. It's really not. It's really not. Yeah, it's fine. It's a, it's a good fun romp at the cinema, but it's not like <gasps> must be top ten. It's fine. Cool. So yeah, well, should we round off people's top tens and then yeah, out? Yes, please, sir. Let's do that. So Andy Hart says, my top ten, no particular order: Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Babylon, Past Lives, Pearl, Infinity Pool, Sisu, Anatomy of a Pulse, Anatomy of a Fall. Sorry. Saltburn, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Bifford the Hobbit says my top five. Past Lives, The Holdovers, Godzilla Minus One, Rylane. Well done. Love Rylane. Totally killer. Gavin Mann. Past Lives, said, I really want to see, actually. I'm what's sorry. that? Past Lives, I'm actually upset I missed that one. It looks mm. interesting. Gavin Mann says The Beasts, Squaring the Circle, The Old Oak, Nimona, Oppenheimer, Blue Jean, Polite Society, Babylon, Rylane, and the Fablemans. Honorable mention to the Holy Spider. Spider. Uh, mixed memorabilia says, not in order, a man called Otto, dumb money, return to soul, leave the world behind, beads, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, air, the killer. Oh, I did not like the killer, but I'm glad you did. Unlocked, Mami Wata. 
And Riri Thomas says, my top five, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry, The Great Escape of Riri, uh, John Wick 4. Oh, Saltburn. Yes, Riri. My girl got, my, my guess, my girl. Riri got Saltburn in there. Yes. Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. I do remember seeing either a poster or trait, something for it, and it did pique an interest to me. I'm, there was a lot this year. I, it's a great I, I'm year. actually really happy to say I've missed a lot of films. Because it shows that cinema isn't dying, which has been a soundbite that's been going on for the longest while. <laughs> Get a clue. Get a clue. No, well done, guys. Well done for the, the diversity in, in, in the list. I like that. So what similarities did we have? Dumb money, I feel, needs to go in there, given that I'm, we both I am it. scared of where it lands, to be honest, because I don't know how many people saw it, but I'm, I'm very happy to put it in there. Okay. Uh... You're not going to believe what I've just written. The dumb money. I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. Uh, what else did we have in common? Air. The whale. Air and the whale. Okay. And by proxy, guys, you are here. It, it could be down to you guys to, to put the fourth film in. That was normally the rule we, we kind of agreed on. I don't think there's another set of punts out there. So maybe... It does have to be from our list, though, to be fair. So, as a mine is going to be so obscure. Um, so, for my list, you can have Mario. Oh, where is he? Where's his picture? You can have Mario. You can have Across the Spider Verse. The world's already in. Joyride, Pinball, which I'm the only one who's seen. Tetris, Blackberry, Air. I don't. We've got Air. Air's already in. Big George Foreman. No. Please don't do this one. Greatest days. And Dumb Money's already in. So from my list, guys, if you want to pick, you can have The Great Escaper, Killers of the Flower Moon, John Wick 4, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Babylon, Oppenheimer, and Saltburn. Please pick Saltburn. Uh, <laughs> First to three. That's the way we're going to pass it. Yeah, first to three. So, guys, we've got a few of you in the chat still. Thank you for sticking with us. It's been a long episode, but we would like to know what you would like to put in. Nico's oh, vote is Renfield. Really it's not Renfield. Mario Air, Operation Fortune. Operation Fortune. Okay, oh, interesting. I did not like that. <laughs> totally killer. And John... Four. Yeah, I accept the typo on that. Cool. So we've got Put one for Mario. Babylon in there. Mixed memorabilia wants Killers of the Flower Moon in there. Okay. Oppenheimer. So that is technically two Oppenheimers if no one else comes up for. Andy Hart got a good point here. Oppenheimer and Across the Spider-Verse will destroy all your others. I would go Saltburn. Uh... <laughs> Frank, Frank Torres. I go Saltburn. Um... Okay. Okay, it just it. needs to say one more. It just needs to say one more salt burn. My vote, salt burn, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> just logging from your phone, right? As the ministry. Um, oh, screw it. Francis has also agreed for better or worse terms. No, F you. Which is also quite fitting because Billy. Francis just beat you, Billy, in, in, the, in the highest level of fairness. How dare I just Dudes, your cheeky little dog. <laughs> oh, uh, Gavin, 
Gavin, writing Babylon multiple times doesn't think you have <laughs> I appreciate the love, but I think we're going to go sort burn. Babylon 5. <laughs> now, that was an awkward sci-fi. That was an awkward sci-fi. Saltburn's going to get annihilated, unfortunately. Saltburn, but there's enough people quoting Saltburn. And I thought Dumb Money was more of the um, the um, the less likely candidate in this one. But My question <laughs> makes memorabilia. You hmm? who has watched more than me. Oh, have you seen Saltburn? Let me know. Uh, AJ? I have nothing but admiration for the amount of movies makes memorabilia. I don't know. I'm just saying life has changed. So if if makes memorabilia hasn't seen sort bad, it's because life has changed. There's a reason. I understand. How's it sleep nice you, bro? I <laughs> anyway. have a feeling that my second child born next year, my cinema going time next year will not be as prevalent as this year. Oh Lord Father. If anyhow I'm the one who's seen the most if I'm the one who's seen the most movies next year, we're in trouble. But we digress. Yeah. I think right. we may be doing a bit of R next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to my world. Anyway, we move on. <laughs> right. Uh, let's rush more of this. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, film familia and movie fans, you to the silver screen dudes, the official movie Mount Rushmore of best movies of 2023. In no particular order is the money. Our second entry is Saltburn. Our third entry is I didn't hear the banging. The whale. Hmm. Our final entry into the movie Man Rushmore of movies of 2023 is. Air. Now, look, Max you're not discounting your idea of where Saltburn will land, but let's be honest in a world of Barbenheimer, Spider Man, like IPs and the big box office winners. Funny that Barbie didn't make the list. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that great a film. The more the more I looked at it and stopped to think about it, it gradually started to really fade off the list. Do you but want yeah. to do the blockbuster rush more of twenty twenty three as well? So we could send two to. I mean, we could. Do you want, do. Do you want to do Spider Verse, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Mario? There you are. You don't even need to say it. There it is. We, one, two, three, four. <laughs> that that would I be send it. Send that to JT as well, and we can do that. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of fair as well. Yeah. Because the other one was more obscure. It very much is an obscure one. And yeah, the votes will will will, will balance out. Sadly, Joyride didn't make it in either. That that is a bit of a Oh, but it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. But it's a double A. Where does it fit? Yeah. So Andy, your okay, let's get let's get these two bits out. Um, my amazing amigos AJ and Nico Saltburn is on my list. Definitely aware of it, but not bought the DVD yet. So I need to watch this from, from this year. Fair enough. I appreciate that. I cannot that. wait to hear your thoughts on that mixed memory. I, I'm looking forward to it, and I will give a bit of it. Um, how often are you guys making it to the cinema? I've been 60 times, about half my pre-global one number. So that is pretty much Nico's region in there. Yeah. I'm a lot less. Like, on my in terms of memorable or didn't make the list, there's another six, seven films. 
and not all of them were cinema. Like some of them, and I'm not talking AJ Vision. I'm talking just the fact that I caught them on stream or caught them later. Even mm. down to like Ant Man, it I Disney Plus it. Um, I did make it out for the Marvels. There's something about the trailer that made me want to support that film. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I am considering. I'm lucky to get twenty in, but I have Little Mermaid, Francis. I'm not gonna lie. I liked it. Was a potential candidate for me. I I, I thought um, Halle Bailey's voice is amazing. Um, I like the certain spins and twists they done to it, but it it wasn't enough to make it top ten. I think it was no. like 12, 13 region for me, but it was it was a fun film. Yeah, it was. Uh, guys, a reminder just before we log off to do our other show, which is not live. <clears throat> uh, Fast X, laugh all you want, Francis. I actually really enjoyed Fast X. Um, next week on Tuesday, you'll get the our top 10 most anticipated movies of 2024, which we recorded last week. Um, so it'll be out next Tuesday. Some point next week, I don't know when, because it's a big undertaking for me to record and edit, but all, I think it's 60 movies, like Andy mentioned. Um, I'm going to do ranking every movie I saw in 2023. I'm going to... Can I, can I make a suggestion to you? Please. You need not take it if you wish. Kind of like when you were doing 100 films of Empire or what have you. I'm not saying do it in like day by day. Maybe do it in blocks of 10, which might make it a bit more easier for you in the edit. I understand that the whole film is that, but you could break it down and, and it could be a week-long process. No, it, I like the ranking video. No, still 10 films. Like You've got 60 films, so like... These films that the other. Yeah, but no, ranked. I like the idea of doing one video where I'm oh, ranking no, everything no, in one video. You said it's a huge undertaking. I'm just trying to help you out, Mister. I'm going to be Let changing my life. Let me suffer. Oh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm gonna sit there and watch the video, but I know he suffered because he requested it. Deuces. <laughs> Listen, as long as you watch till the end and enjoy it, we're cool. Like, all right, um, cool. But yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna rank all the movies that I saw in 2023. I believe it's in the region of 55 to 60. It's somewhere there. So they'll all be ranked. It won't be long eight-minute reviews like I do for normally movies. It'll be sort of one minute tops. Next movie, go. Ranked death through today. So that's it. Stay tuned for more from us, the silver screen dudes. Thank you. Mwah. To all of our film familia for joining us. Francis, Andy, Riri, Mixed Memorabilia, Frank Torres. Wagner, um, and I know I'm forgetting people here. Then the tech, Gavin, of course. There's so many. Uh, da, 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 da. Billy Mount, who's been really active. Thank you, thank you, everyone who's joined us. My apologies if I've left one of your names out, but you're there. I love you. We love you. It's really good to see y'all, man. And we hope you have a wonderful Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays, New Year. Yeah, that's the one. Especially because I'm not going to be in the next show. I mean, there's going to be news from us, but I am just going to put it out there, guys. Like, honestly, thank you for being with us. We changed the channel halfway through the year and you guys supported us. You've come back. It's not even a live show and you're still there. So happy Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. Catch you all in 2024 from a Rushmore point of view. So until the next time, I am the one AJ Jordan. Um, we'll see you. Yeah. See ya. Goodbye.